Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Casting the Spotlight episode number 106 featuring Cody Robbins and the returning cactus, Colton Jack. First off, how's everybody's father doing tonight? <laughs> if you weren't going to go there, I was getting ready to go. I got one thing to say. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hey, we're Halloweenifying the fuck out of these episodes tonight here. Holla, 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 holla. We're Halloweenifying. We're sitting in the strobe light, the limelight, the fucking moonlight. Kind of looks like a dungeon down yeah. here right now a little bit. It's really dark. Yeah, we're hollering. We got concrete walls around us. I mean, hollering over we're, here. We're the holla, holla, is that Teddy Long? <laughs> I was about to say, we got Teddy Long. Yeah, that's Teddy Long. Thing. Actually, fuck it. You know, at this point, I'll just start off with this question. How about this? This is. This is. This is. He's got this it. Is. I, like outside of the Undertaker. How about this? Outside of the Undertaker, which pro wrestler would you position as a horror movie villain? All time, past or present, whatever. Outside of you Taker, because that's that's too obvious. For the Taker. other two obvious, Boogeyman. Ah, see, you yeah, got the me there. Man. That would be too easy. Because uh, that would have been be my cool. answer. Yeah, I would, I that's, would that's, that's, the, that's the, the opt out. That's the easy out answer. Yeah, that's a cop out answer. Yeah, that's a cop out answer outside of Taker is. But okay. I mean, well, what about Kane? Because he technically played a horror villain. And Jacob Goodnight and See No Evil. Hey, there, it's, it depends on how creative you want to be. What do you. Um, any thoughts here? We're all we're all just so we can get the wrestling portion in there. I was gonna say we're people know you based on the guys uh, the uh, the wrestling aspect, but now we're talking mainly horror. But this connects both worlds. How creative? OG run a Sting would make a good good horror character. Like OG, the, like Crow Sting. My bad. I okay, just, I was gonna so say OG. Yeah, no, no, no. Finish Beach Sting. Yeah, Finish Beach Sting. That comes out with the bright neon colors. It's just ready to rip. It's yeah, like, that no. is, yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> Ooh. You know what? I got one since uh, his theme's been playing a lot since I've been at work. Sid Vicious. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Dude, I'm gonna say this right now. Sid Vicious is probably the most underrated fucking theme out there. I'm going to say this right now. Theme? Theme. Okay. So goddamn Thank goodness you good. said theme, because if you are about to say the most underrated wrestler <laughs> of all time, I was going to be like, what? <laughs> we'll yeah, some, that's a steep question. We'll throw some <laughs> hot ones around. But, what do you think? Man, I, it's tough. I mean... I mean, because I figured before I even asked, I was like, we have to throw Taker out of it because, well, first of all, who is it? Netflix? Or somebody did that Taker New Day thing. Yeah. Or like he was yeah, kind of... But it's like Taker is so obvious of is like a villain. I mean, he'd be a great villain, obviously, but like, that's the, that is yeah. the cop-out answer. Yeah. Because right. he's with a dark, menacing right character. Him. With Boogeyman right behind him. Unpopular take... I thought Satanic Taker was fucking tremendous in '99 with his whole with all of his. He was edgy. He was. <laughs> he was. He was. It's kind of crazy that that was the Taker we kinda got. Pointy before <laughs> before the American <laughs> Badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny how we went from the darkest form of that yeah. character to the lightest form. Of yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's like oh! <laughs> American Badass and Fred Durst and shit like that. I guess Kid Rock was was the was his initial song to come back though, wasn't he? 
Uh, it wasn't Limp Biscuit till no. So he came back. What? What was it? Judgment Day two thousand. Yeah, it was. I can't. I couldn't even tell you what fucking song it was. It was just a song that played. They did those little children in the background thing. Yeah, that was horror esque still too. I mean, they did. He fought, like there was constantly ways for them to reinvent his character, like regardless of what era it was. That was the. I was the thing that made it timeless, though. I mean. We could have easily had, you know, whenever they had the children in the background, We, I think Jerry Lawler was definitely in the background saying, This is weird! Oh, so I mean, we were getting that, too. I'm gonna kill it! it was, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you to say... I didn't know we had Jerry Lawler in the house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Palpatine, apparently, too. Dude, he went straight Palpatine in that fucking promo. It feels... <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what what other like I feel I like another good... easy answer would be Bray. Yeah, the wrestling R.I.P. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he would have been a he could have played a great horror villain even as not the Fiend. He like had the look of like, like somebody like, that could be like OG the back Bray. Yeah, like showed the back up like Southern Bayou Bray. Yeah, that could oh. be pretty neat. Oh yeah. I thought the Wyatt family was actually an interesting like that was a that was a great like backwoodsish fucking oh, you don't know that. what the hell they're yeah, gonna do yeah. and they were like the one group that had the shields number too so it was like they beat the shit out of everybody beat the hell out of Evolution even when they reformed after all those years Evolution got the hell beat out of them by everybody when yeah. they reformed <laughs> yeah that was the that was a terrible run for Evolution. <laughs> And yeah, like the point, let's not forget Ric Flair is the last person in the revolution to have the rest of the I match. was just <laughs> thinking about that. Ric Flair's, and you know what, after all the shit Conrad did for him after the whole la- Ric Flair's last match, now in 2023, he's like, I still want to wrestle again. I'm not done. Nobody wants you to. <laughs> I'm sorry to just tie you to a chair and leave you in a room like, no, you're not wrestling anymore. <laughs> I'll come in to feed you later, Mr. Flair. I mean, we've got to right, get... Grandpa Flair, we're back in bed. We've got to get great Grandpa Flair at this point, maybe. We, we've got to get he's Randy us. Orton back here soon, though, right? I mean, he, like, he's fixing uh, it. Right? Yeah. He's so, I mean, we've got to break that the last, like, what, until, until Flair feels up to another match. and then... No, somebody just take his knees out. Fuck. <laughs> I want to see Flair in a ring ever again. No, it does, yeah, it doesn't need to happen at this point. It did need to happen, really, the last... Fucking six times. <laughs> it the doesn't even match happen Sean. this time. The match is Sean. <laughs> he could have left, left with his head up. Like yes. with, with, and that was a great match. He, he could have come back and done things like talking things in the ring and been in the ring in that aspect. Been a manager, been yeah. any of that, yeah. We didn't need to see you wrestling. And you're like fucking 900 years old. You don't move well. <laughs> you took a move and laid outside the fucking ring in your final match and let the rest of the people carry on your final match. Oh, like, man. no, just stop. <laughs> Ric Flair versus Dracula. <laughs> book it. Book Timeless. Book book it. No, no, we need to book Ric Flair versus Hogan. Maybe they'll both drop. We can just get rid of both in one go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, there's, brother, brother, brother. There's some of the, like, last few legends we have at this point. It's like, Jesus, how did They're they gonna make it? They're going to outlive all of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
I swear every time one of them, somebody else passes, they just adds another year to them. They just keep, oh, yeah. just live, they're going to live forever. And you rate. just, you let Hogan do that, and he just, he, everybody that he was on bad terms with or wouldn't put over, now he's just like, oh yeah, we were on great terms, brother. It's just like, you can tell the story however you want now, because everybody else is gone. Yeah. Oh, you around like, you. like the story <laughs> of the Make-A-Wish kid that went from not being dead to being dead to not being dead <laughs> at the arena that he apparently saw him, didn't see him, and then saw him again at. <laughs> He's that's, like, that's every Hogan story. I, <laughs> I think, you know, that's me saying, I like Hogan. I, like, listening to podcasts with him and stuff, it's like, now every story he tells, it's like grain of salt, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's probably some truth to this. <laughs> Maybe not entirely, but... Oh, brother, I'm not putting over that Dracula. It doesn't work for me, bro. It doesn't work for me, brother. It does. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. It's like, the thing is, it's like Sting worked for him, but like only after he kicked out of the alleged, the whole Starcade thing. Like, cause they, you, you talked about the other day how they, yeah. they go on and on about that. Conrad got on to Bischoff about that, because she's like, you guys fucked up a year of build. Just for that, like, moment and everything. I don't think it was necessarily... I guess it was fucked up, but, like... Because you built Crow Sting for a long time going into that. Yeah. They spent about, what, a year a and year, a It was a year. It, yeah. Like, it, was, it was at least a year and Wasn't a half he just thing. in the rafters for, like, over a year? Yeah! That's what. That's all it was. They, he Sting was in the rafters for at least a solid fucking year before they eventually <laughs> pulled the trigger on it. And then they had him kick out. Yeah. Of the, and, like, Bischoff's like, he wasn't fucking tan! And he wasn't... He, that was literally one of the things. He wasn't tan enough to hey, put over, like... But the thing is, inevitably, inevitably, the only two people that Hogan really put over, it seemed like, in WCW, was Sting and Goldberg. Yeah. Am I wrong? He definitely put Goldberg over, yeah. Yeah. On a Nitro, and it should have been a pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a Nitro in Atlanta and shit, and, like, yeah. a lot of the Falcons were there. They should have, yeah. but they should have booked that on pay-per-view. The problem is they wasted away a lot of matches when they shouldn't have pissed them away on live TV. They should yeah. have they should have built them around an event that you have to buy. You know what I mean? Um, well, that's kind of what AEW does. I guess it's though. easy to say in hindsight. You know, we're not in 1998. So, I mean, yeah, no, because I'm still struggling to get out of fucking January into February. I'm struggling to get out of that because how the fuck they had three hours of TV times beyond me. But there's a reason Vince eventually fought it. Yeah, there was eventually a and then, he, and then he continuously but, reminded you for the next 20 years that I now own WCW. But, I mean, I will say this. All right, had, Grandpa, we're going to put you in bed as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your knees out. take your quads out. <laughs> like, so much... Family's got bad So quads. much that whenever Sting finally decided to sign, Triple H was still positioned to go over Sting at WrestleMania. Why... Who knows? And they even did the DX and NWO thing. Yeah. To be like, see this? Why? It's the WWF and WCW and WWF's yeah. going over. There was yeah. never a reason <laughs> that that should have happened. No. Sting should have won his one and only WrestleMania match. Oh, yeah. Match. That, that's ridiculous. And, I, and I'm a big Triple H fan, too, and I definitely say that, too. It's like, dude, you had Sting at Mania, and you didn't fucking pull the trigger to He's, give him the win. In a WWE, I will give point. Triple H the fact that like he is put over because he was going into a lot of manias as the heel. He's put over a lot of faces at Mania, but like 
Sting, it took him forever to sign with them. There was no, he never gave one logical reason why that should have been the case. Because he's like, well, you know, originally it was me and Dwayne, like The Rock, we're supposed to go to Mania. It's like, that has nothing to do with why you went over Sting, though. Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. Yeah, this is, because I don't think he even knows. Yeah. He just, this is like, probably just like, yeah, you're going over, it's fine. Yeah, well, because he wanted another victory over WCW. Yeah. It's like, dude, you bought him 14 years before that. You didn't need another one. He's just got to keep reminding you. It's what like, else does Vince have to do? I don't know. Just be like, I, I just he needs to, he needs to remind people that he can buy companies and keep burying them for he, years and years and years. He's like, I bet you Bischoff and Turner are watching this right now. <laughs> like you don't have to prove it <laughs> again. But yeah, anyway. So I mean, what what do we got? We got some answers like Bray. We got uh, you know speaking to Sid, you know Kane was in a horror movie, so he that was, kind of answers yeah. Yeah. itself. Why didn't they go with WCW? Mortis. Uh, Chris Can- Canyon. Or yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, okay, Canyon. Mortis would have been a great... Yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly Batista's an actor. You could put him in, like... You could make him a vicious... I, I could see him a, as a villain. Maybe not, like, a dark villain, but, like, a... a like, a menacing, like, a brutal villain. Like, yeah. a brute That's force... Yeah. You could make I him, like, a slash that. or something. I thought about that. All right. He could be well, tearing limbs off and shit. Cody threw out WCW. Honestly, anybody from a Ravens block could have maybe done it too. Or I, even Raven. I was thinking Raven. I was thinking Vampiro, but I'm like, eh. yeah. Like the name, maybe. yeah, but like really thinking of it, I'm like, nah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give Vampiro. I mean, Billy Kidman would make a great like, say, sociopath. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to like differentiate between if we're talking like horror, like slasher horror. Because there's some guys that could really fit well in like a psychological thriller. Yeah. But yeah. that's not really like horror, you know? Because like Sid, I guess Sid could be either, really. You yeah, know? He could Sid be like could psychological fall. thriller or horror. Yeah, like he fits the bill to where like he could easily throw a mask on, wham, bam, thinking, man, there's your next psycho killer right there. Mm-hmm. But then you have the bit to where like he, d- he wouldn't have a mask to where like it's just his personality just looking like a psychopath. Sid, that's a good one though. Yeah. Sid, Sid would be a good I, yeah, that's, villain. That's vicious, like, like no pun intended. Like he yeah. could be a good. Yeah, the face, like the facial expressions he made and yeah. shit. Oh like, yeah. yeah, just don't trust him to drop, jump off anything like three foot. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be on the top rope. Like, <laughs> no, nope. Why? No, he don't. You know. Whenever you're three hundred pounds and six foot three. Whew. I mean, hey man, some guys you know. Yeah, Vader, Keith Lee. I'm pretty sure he's been up there. Fuck, Vader hurt some people though. Damn, has, anybody, has anybody seen the? Uh, what was it? It was uh, Walter versus Will Osprey match, and Walter fucking dove off the top rope and just fucking laid Will Osprey out like a just pile drove through him, <laughs> just steamrolled him right over. Like that man is dead. He is also about th- like a quarter of an inch thick right now, smeared across <laughs> that ring, that ring apron. Yeah, especially if it's if it's a matchup between a big guy and a small like a smaller dude or like a smaller yeah. frame dude, it's like the big guy doesn't need to go to the top. It makes sense if it's two like bigger guys. <laughs> and in that case, we just bring a tractor out and lift the ring. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say get the tractor. At that point. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. Oh wait. Well, that hey, that was a that was, was a way original. that was a way to reinvent the feud, I guess. 
It also Granted. has the best mic catch of all time. When fucking Brock chucks the mic at Roman and Roman catches it like almost perfectly without even like lifting his hand, ten out of ten. <laughs> only time I've actually liked Roman. <laughs> <laughs> the only time? Yeah. I guess you could say early like Shield Roman was good, but not anything after or before. <laughs> or before. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, we're deep into horror season now, boys. We're sitting here late October. Both of your guys record-setting. Fourth well, appearance wait. on the pod. You didn't give your answer. Yeah. What do you think would make a good horror movie? Uh, I kind of just agreed and bounced off all, around with all of I did, I did. No, I mean, Sid was a good... I did think about Sid a little bit. Uh, I didn't put, you know, necessarily real thought into uh, Sid beforehand. I mean, I thought it, like, crossed my mind, but... I mean, even, like, if you lean into, and bear with me, like, if even if you lean into, like, the narcissist part of Lex Luger, yeah. you could make it, you could make him be a really uh, meticulous fucking just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I don't know. You could, you could well, make him be a villain in, in a way, I think. Lex Luger, like a Patrick Bateman sort of yeah. situation? Yeah, just a psycho because he's so into himself that he yeah. just fucking manipulates shit and just... Well, you could make Cody Rhodes like a Patrick Bateman, though. Like the dashing Cody Rhodes, because he had to have everything so perfect <laughs> yeah. and prim and proper and shit. Yeah. He had to look, yeah. like, elegant all the time. That was honestly, that was interesting. I just, <laughs> you know. Somebody else, early mankind. Yeah, oh, no, perfect. Great. Perfect, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is, like, me and you have talked about it. Me and Elijah have talked about it, too, and I'm sure me and Colton. But it's like, that was at a time when there was still a lot of, like, early 96 96 things started to transition for sure, mm -hmm. but there was still a lot of lame gimmicks in there. Yes. And that could have easily, easily been a failure. But Mick Foley, the man, like, made the best out of a character. Because Vince was just like, I don't like his face. He's not attractive. Nobody will like him. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Let's put a mask on him. But, like, it could have been a pile of shit gimmick, but he made it into gold. And he was a great villain to The Undertaker's you know, Taker. Like, he was a great villain to, like, the face that Taker became at yeah. that point. You know the what I mean? The yin to the yang. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to make a villain. And, like, uh, at the end of the day, all you really have to do, if you want to boil it down to the knit and grit, is you have to find human qualities that are unattractive, and that makes a villain in a lot of ways, when you really lean into the things. Like, the narcissism... The fucking, the, the maniacal, malicious, manipulative, like all of those types of characters, you can lean into any of that and make that a phenomenal villain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why it's really like, that. it's, it's really, it, it comes down to the, like the irredeemable qualities in human beings that can make a great villain, like within wrestling or outside of wrestling. And that's what, that's what makes wrestling great is because... It's unlike anything else. Like, it's not a movie. It's a live, live, like, it's a live audience stage performance where people reacting in real time to these people, like, being a certain way. And, you know, it's a good versus evil concept, and it never gets old. It never, it never tires out so long as you're not repeating and recycling the same information. And even if you are, you just got to think of more creative ways to do it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 
Because we've seen it again and again and again. Which is why people will always be compared to other people, but that doesn't mean that they're copying their format verbatim. It just means that... They're you know, taking a concept, putting their own twist into yeah, it, exactly. running yeah. with it. Exactly. And it's like, at this point, we've seen so many characters, you're going to see somebody that you're like, oh, he's just uh, this wannabe or that, it, it, you know. I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I mean, but everybody's going to take inspiration from something else. Yeah. That's how we learn, as you know. As you don't, like, copy-paste directly. Yeah. Well, there was an era where everybody wanted to be Shawn Michaels. Every, that's what Raven said, too. And, like, there was. Everybody I mean, was... That's, that's where Dude Love came from. Yeah. For the OG care OG version of Dude Love, like the like before, Mick actually was when he was doing like the the home recording stuff. He was he wanted to be Shawn Michaels, so he basically made his version of it. Because the jump off the roof was what was that supposed to be? Kind of like Shawn Michaels jumping off the ladder. Or something. Yeah, yeah, like I, I was so. thinking of like the WrestleMania ten with Rome, like uh, with uh, fucking Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, that was the thing that was always kind of, like, funny, too, is the Dude Love character worked for Mick in high school because, like, if you see the pictures of him, like, in the yearbook and stuff, you're like, damn, Mick was a pretty attractive dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, not that, like, I'm shitting on Mick because I love him, but it's like, what, he just tore his body apart oh, for wrestling, yeah. you know? It's, like, kind of funny to see that he used to be a pretty handsome dude back in the day, you know? He just gave it all. Oh, yeah. Another person I was thinking, though, that could be a great, like, just, like, psychological serial killer would be, like, uh, Orton. Oh, yeah. yeah. He could play a great yeah. Oh, villain. yeah. And Orton is always a better heel, I feel like, than, than face. Yeah, I feel like that 08-09 Orton was just fantastic. Just because mm-hmm. he was, like, did not give such a, f- a son of a bitch. Did not give a fuck <laughs> about you or your mom. Yeah, he just <laughs> fucked up the whole McMahon family and shit. I, I feel like I feel like I'd be out there, and eventually he'd see my mom, and he'd be like, "Nah, fuck you, bitch!" And just <laughs> give her an RKO right in front of me. He'd be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" In that era, he'd like punt people, and just you'd be out for months. Oh, and honestly, pro- and honestly, even even Vince himself, like Mr. McMahon, like that, just power hungry, like ah, fucking want it all, just yeah. villain. And, like, you know, say what you will about Vince the person, you know, it's just, I, he did a great job at being a, a really receptive on-air character. Like, people fucking hated it, because it, it's something everybody can, re- you know, relate to, which is why Steve, which is why the anti-hero thing came around at the right time, because everybody was like, Jesus Christ, I'd love to just beat the shit out of my boss. Yeah. The point. '90s was the time for the anti. It was. It was when <laughs> counterculture was mainstream. Was the late '90s. Yeah. And if you watch and go back and listen to music from then, if you go back and watch movies from then, that's the case through so many of the situations. Mm-hmm. Dude, mid so to late '90s is some of my favorite horror too. Yeah, like, there's so like such great. Just you can tell when you watch a horror movie from the late '90s. It just feels like that era. When like yeah, it's one of the reasons you said Halloween H two O is yeah I love that because it and feels like the that. curse of Michael Myers like people shit on that but like I thought it was with Paul Rudd I thought it was phenomenal I was not like phenomenal in that way necessarily it wasn't a perfect movie but it was like it took it in a different direction and it was so seasonal 
that like I don't give a shit what the critics said about that. I thought it was better than four or five. It was certainly better than that piece of shit resurrection. There was a flaming pile of of ass fuck. <laughs> that movie and, was absolute garbage. Oh yeah. And, I don't want to hear no fucking slander on uh, fucking. I feel like that might be what? the that might be the worst hey. movie in all of Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday. Oh no, yeah, it, is. it was. It was. <laughs> but here's the thing, like. Halloween ends, I'll give you that right off the top. It was a hundred percent a better film than Resurrection. And I'm sure Elijah would agree. Yeah, so he fucking Halloween ends being a lot better than oh, Halloween yeah. Resurrection. Oh yeah. Halloween ends is not even it's probably at least above four of the Halloween films, to be honest with you. It was the same problem that David Gordon Green always has. It it wasn't bad as its own thing. It was just incorporated as the last chapter to a trilogy of an already established horror franchise. I, I don't know, Elijah. We saw, what is that, Exorcist the Believer? Is that what that Exa- was called? It's the Believer. same thing, though. That itself, like, as just a demonic possession movie, wouldn't have been horrible. But it's because it had the Exorcist tagline on it. It's like, you have so much to live up to, and it Instant. did nothing different yeah. than every other possession Instant movie. comparison because of that name. I don't know yeah. though. There was a real slow start to that movie, and you kind of like you you kind of slowly climbed the hill, and then you kind of just rode the incline. But that's what I mean. The you flat just, spot of the incline. It, it, it felt really... like it all just went quick. To, there was no like the thing that made The Exorcist so great is it was a slow burn. Like it led up to the crazy ass shit. Mm-hmm. But in like Exorcist Believer, it was just like, oh, these girls are possessed now, and then they just and then stayed we just kind of plateau till like you hit the the big ending. And then you're like, movie's over. And you're like, what? That 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 fast? <laughs> like we sat here watching the deal with which okay, why did we do all the random tie-ins of the like to the original? Like why? We could have left out half the fucking like side plot with old bitch and trying to find Reagan the whole time. Cause there's no point of that. She ends up in the fucking hospital before the, the it whole thing. It was open back bullshit into anyways. the original. Yeah, it was, it was so... They let you know that it was part of the Exorcist series by doing that shit, you know? Otherwise, it would have just been a fucking possession movie. Yeah. I've been searching for her for however many years and shit. But, like, it still... It didn't do much for... And then they blinded the old lady or whatever, poked her eyes out and shit. Yeah. We're going to have to put a spoiler it, warning it, on this episode. No. <laughs> there's, there's, just, no it, there's nothing, like... No, the movie's bad. Just we're saving you it like is, two hours. I will. I will if say if it's free on a streaming service. I mean, check it out if you, you want to watch a horror movie. I guess for Halloween. You know what? And... I will tell you to watch Candyman three over this. I, <laughs> and you shit. And you took a big shit on Candyman three at the beginning of January. Yes. Yeah. Whenever we and watched. You know I will say you're just, just talking about like mid to, mid to late like nineties horror movies. Yeah. That came out in ninety nine. I, oh, wow. I always want to just looked at it a minute ago. I'm like, no wonder why that felt like that. It felt like when they were trying to be super edgy with it, and it just was not. 90, it was like after Scream, everybody wanted to be a little yeah. better. 96 like, through 99 had so much great content. In it. I mean, and beyond that, really, even. But as far as the 90s go, there was so much great shit. It was not, I feel like it was underappreciated at the time because that was like when a lot of things came out that people didn't understand until like well after the fact. But going back to the horror, uh, I've seen more horror movies this year in theaters during horror season than I ever have before. But out of the three, 
that I've seen so far, because I'm going to see Five Nights here pretty soon. Yep, comes out three, four days. Saw 10 at the top, which we saw, which was yep. fucking phenomenal. Yep. The Nun 2 was solid, at least, Didn't but to be honest, the Exorcist Believer was probably the worst one. I would I would put that in a trash can, roll it down the hill the opposite direction, and wherever it landed, I would put a number there and say that's where it's out on the list. I would I would say the Nun too, as far as the the Conjuring, as far as the Conjuring universe, the Nun two is at least as solid as the first one. Yeah, it was at least as solid as the first one. To be honest, and dude, the first Conjuring, I put I made a list, and it's gonna sound crazy to people that aren't that into the horror genre, but I made. Two separate lists. One that was top 40 movies that aren't horror. And then one that was top 40 horror movies. And I didn't rank them yet. But The Conjuring was on there. Like The Conjuring was a great, solid horror film. It's yes. not as scary after you've seen it the first time. No. But it still holds up and as being... And that's the thing about possession movies. Yeah about, yeah, about stuff like that. But dude, I'm I'm over The Conjuring universe. I'm like, make Bill, new Bill kinda, shit. That's Bill kind of dead cat at this point. Like, right? I just want to see something new. Yeah. And they're spending, but New the Line is, is spending all their time People on the probably Conjuring felt like that about Halloween, Friday the 13th. But at least, you know, all those kind of things. With Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, like, they were all coming out around the same time. So it was like, you had a bunch of different ones. Yeah. It's like New Line's only focus is the content. That's what they and said. Like, yeah, that's what they said. And I, I'm, I'm kind of glad they've done the spinoffs, though. It's not just, we're not to like Conjuring 9 at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's going to be a fourth Conjuring, but it's going to be the end of the Conjuring movies. Are we sure? Yeah. Is there going to be more Annabelle's? More nuns? I don't think so. I, I think, think the, the nuns, nuns are, I think the nuns yeah. are wrapped at two. And I Did we think just have another Conjuring come out? Yeah, the devil um, made me do but it was like in two thousand. I think it was in twenty one, maybe. Now what did we just have come out like not too long ago that had uh, the guy that played uh... Ed Warren? Yeah, it so was that... it was that. You're like, yeah, that was the devil made me do it. Was a and in all three of the Conjuring movies are based on, of course, a lot of horror movies are yeah. based on real events and shit like that. But all that you have to say to say that. Is to have some loose life events have happened oh, somewhere, yeah. sometime. It doesn't necessarily mean the whole thing is even close to based You're on like reality. Ed and Lorraine Warren, where uh, she was a medium and he was a demonologist. So let's make a whole yeah. fucking universe over this shit. But the thing is, is like they were, you know, what I'm saying like, and the, and the thing is, I thought the Conjuring Two was actually, and I will say, and I didn't necessarily think I was going to like it as much, and I and I don't like it necessarily as much as the first one, but it was solid. Yeah. A lot of those movies were solid, but I just don't necessarily think we're eight movies in now, and if there's a Conjuring 4, that will be nine. Yeah. So, after that, I feel like it's probably time to... What I had, what I was thinking of, you know what I mean? to do Insidious. Because it's the same fucking, it's Patrick Wilson in both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my brain... Gets them all fucking confused because I see. see I like the Conjuring like, yeah, more than I like the Conjuring more than Insidious. I'll, yeah. I'll say that for now. And I don't think Insidious was nearly as scary as I saw the Conjuring first too, many years before Insidious. Yeah. I need to. I'm gonna try to watch through. It'll probably be next year at this point, but I need to watch through the Insidious series because like that'll probably feel like those. I I try to watch through as many horror like franchises as I can as a fan to like. 
I'm not gonna shit on a franchise until I watch them, but well, so you gotta it, it watch more it, of that one. Yeah, it makes it ultimately that, confusing. Yeah. That yeah, Patrick Wilson is in both of those franchises, and he looks basically the same. Mm-hmm. Plays same like same lead character <laughs> in both type deal, and you're like, okay, but which movie is which? Yeah. Now isn't yeah. is Insidious the one about the uh, possessed kid? That yeah. Can, like see the okay. Yeah. I think I've seen the first. That one. was made like yeah, at least three years before the first Conjuring. Yeah. Okay. Conjuring was 2013. I think that came out in 2010. What yeah, is there I three or there was just a fourth? There was one, just right? a fourth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I seen the first Insidious and I thought it was actually all right. So I'd had to actually sit down and start watching. I feel those. like that whole series though was like it relied on the jump scare. That was like well the whole thing. It's kind of like they kept making all those paranormal activities, and it wasn't scary past the first. No. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. they kept just getting the cheap pop of making you jump. Because yeah. the first was had a small-ass budget, and they made an enormous amount of money off of it. Yeah. So, in that sense, like, The Conjuring, like, they put the, the amount of effort, the script, everything about that was so much better than the paranormal activity movies. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So, people trying to compare those, like, it's... It's like at least they put effort into the script, the writing, the acting. I will say, because I've seen them all now in the Conjuring universe, they put more effort into the whole thing all around than almost any horror series I've ever seen. Yeah. Even, I'm not saying every one of them knocks it out of the park. I'm just saying, like, at least they put effort into the script. And it's not like it's a complete waste of time. Like, I will say after a several, watching several of them, though, they probably... They probably don't reinvent the wheel the way they want to just because of the success of like the early ones. Mm-hmm. But that's when it's time to move on. And, and with a fourth Conjuring, I do think that that's the wrap. And I, I do hope so because that's the ninth film in a franchise. And it probably should be. How? By the way, though, um, I mean, you guys have watched some stuff up to this point. How is your? How's how's the list going in your in your world at this point of uh, what you've? Which you watched uh, this year. I've also got a lot of, like, catching three quarters of a movie because, you know, I throw it on Fear Fest on AMC. And I'll be sitting at my computer or I'll be doing something. So, like, I'll turn it on halfway through something. Like, I caught the last, like, hour of uh, The Possession not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this movie just feels like every other Exorcist movie I've ever seen. This is not not worth actually paying attention to. <laughs> I think it's worth seeing, but it wasn't, like... Once again, I don't necessarily think it knocked out of the park. I actually haven't watched it this year. Um, yeah, I watched it with my girlfriend. I, I mean, I've seen it a few times. But yeah. That's, it's kind of that way with any supernatural or possession movie. Like, Unless they're, they're, they're really creepy, creepy but they all sort of feel similar. Yeah. You know? They don't try and branch out and make them feel different. Though. Okay, we've got this idea. Yeah. They're like, wait, it's not a Catholic priest this time? It is a Jewish rabbi? It's entirely different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It leaves you with some fuckery, though, because then he just crashes. He gets fucking annihilated. Yeah, in oh, that was brutal. It was just like... And then I, the box at the same time, fine. I'm just like, hey, what hit this, this... I think it was a Subaru. Second, what is this Subaru made out of? That it got hit hard enough that it pulled the motor out of this car, and it's just chilling in the street. And this thing's upside down, and we're like... Did a bus, did a plane come out of the sky and just clip yeah. it and take off? And you, you can't tell me this Jew had a shitty car either, so. <laughs> that was a bad Especially right now. Yeah. Right now. Oh. You know what I mean. 
<laughs> well, yeah, he probably did, bro. They're saving every penny. Come on. That, that's about as bad as the wrestling episode when I forgot the whole Gable Stevenson thing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Let's tone it down here on the Halloween episode. Speaking of Gable Stevenson real quick, oh, it's kind of funny shit. that they were all in on him. And then that came out, and then he had like two matches, and they're like, "Okay, we're done." Yeah, yeah. I keep hearing he's gonna have another run. <laughs> oh they're like, God. "It just keeps getting delayed." And I'm like, "You just..." There, he's not coming back. No, I don't think it's happening. Oh shit! Don't worry, they'll put a mask on him, and we'll, we won't realize who it is at first, and we'll all start to like him, and they go, "Ah, it's this fucker." We'll tear the mask off. And yeah. Some. Like, what, uh, Cody, what's like, uh, what have you seen this year for the first time that's like stuck out to you? Ooh. First time? Is there any new, uh, I mean, we both saw Saw 10. Yeah. And that was um, solid. They, but the thing is, they went back to the drawing board, but the difference was, is like they did it right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Except the whole trying to make Amanda look like. Like saw two arrows. And see, that's not even necessarily a plot point. That's not even necessarily like a problem with the story, but it is a continuity. It kind of takes you out of it when you look at her because you're like, this obviously she's older. Well, yeah, but it it kind of they didn't change her just enough that like, okay, it could it could fall between one and two. They straight up took her look from two and were like, yeah, you're like almost what 10, 15 years older. Mm -hmm. Try and look like your younger self, and it's like it doesn't really fit her. And it looks off the whole time. We have the uh, technology now. Just make her look, you know, how she did. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, I saw the, the 85 version of uh, Fright Night for the first time. Okay, I don't think I have. Uh, I, I want more, like, 80s era vampires back. Because they actually look scary as shit. They're not just, I'm pale and have fangs and my eyes are dark. Like, they actually, like, morph them and, like, add, like, the cheekbone structure's different, the jawline difference. Like, the whole face structure just changes. I was kind of bringing that up last episode, though, like, vampire, werewolf, mummy, like, those three subgenres of horror, there's, like, there's not enough good movies of any of those. And I get it, it's kind of like we've been talking about The Conjuring, you can only do it so many times before you're like, okay, we've done it, Uh, we need to do something else. And it's like, yeah. but we haven't had a good one in how long? That's what I mean. I feel like it's been long enough to where they could well, definitely give you something fresh. They just have that uh, in that department. Was it the last voyage of the Demeter? Yeah, that Demeter or whatever it is. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. That was, was it good. It was pretty good, but it was like, it was the you know the Dracula story before he like landed over in the okay. U.S. or whatever. It was the boat ride from like England to America. Yeah. But he, he was monster form, like, the whole time. It was no, like, human Dracula. It was, like, yeah. man-bat, basically. It was man-bat Dracula, would, the whole Would, would you bat. consider him Batman at that point? <laughs> no. Yeah. I guess yeah, kind still, of. You still go with the whole man-bat thing. They had it in Arkham Knight. Yeah. Man-bat man was a villain in Batman. He's Batman. Yeah. It's fine. He spends more time more looking like more of a monster than a man. He is Batman. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like that. I kind of thought that was cool for a Dracula take on a movie though, because I'm like, I can't think of any other movie where Dracula's like monster form the whole time. time. Wasn't he actually form. like vicious and brutal? And oh shit? yeah, he was like tearing people apart. Yeah, because yeah. they usually give like a like a comedy esque shtick to him in like a and lot of since shit. like. Well, the early like classics, he was meant to be actually kind of like eerie and could mm-hmm. fucking like. 
yeah. you know, hypnotize you. The, and the original kind of was like, we're not going to make him a monster, but we're going to give him the vampire thing and make him menacing. He was kind of like kinda suave, cheesy, yeah. yeah, along the way. And now we're like, I although don't I don't know what to do think, now. Although to take you back for a minute to all of our, you know, way back. Fucking! I don't think Van Helsing was too bad. I feel like I feel like that was a pretty decent film. Yes. I did watch it a few years ago. I don't know which year, but uh, I really I really didn't think that was too bad of a movie. Uh, one of my favorite thing things is at one point they screwed the subtitling up in it, mm-hmm. and it just says screaming instead of screaming. The Van Helsing <laughs> felt like it's screaming. It just says screaming. <laughs> Maybe that's the uh, the vampire way of the spelling. Yeah. He's screaming old English that Dracula he screams. See, like I'll watch in like a more of a funny take on like that. Like was the Tim Burton Dark Shadows movie, and like I'll I mean I'll probably watch that at some point again this year just because it's so seasonal in October. Ified. I saw that in theaters, and I don't think I've seen it again. I did see it, I in saw theaters, it but I have watched it again, uh, and it but it was like. Like, but I don't watch it obviously to be scared in that sense or to be like yeah. you know. It, I think it was just entertaining and it was a different kind of whole take on all of that shit. And that, plus, that wasn't Dracula. That was fucking. That's all name? kind of Tim Burton movies, though. They're like, they're not scary, but they're very seasonal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, and it was dark. Unless you watch the monsters, and then it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> what am I? What did what did I get slipped before I started watching this? Because it didn't make me feel like I was in Halloween time at all. Mm-hmm. Just made you feel like you were on psychedelics? Yes. <laughs> well, that's not bad, though. I mean, that's kind of cool every now and then. Except it was very bright colors, and you're like, this doesn't feel like monsters at all. But apparently they wouldn't let Rob Zombie shoot that movie in black and white. So he did all the bright colors like you would do back in the day when you film, so that it would you could turn your TV black and white. Like change the setting on your TV itself, mm-hmm. and it would show up with the appropriate like coloring and shading to make it work. And I'm like, well, that's cool in theory, but <laughs> it's kind of insane they wouldn't let him shoot in black and white. Why? Because you feel like the budget's gonna be less. No, I think the budget was gonna be white. more because they they had to they had to like go source out a certain type of oh film for God. it or something. They're like, bro, this is the monsters. It was a fucking TV show in the '60s. Yeah. Why Let's would they, make it black and white. Why, why, though? Like, I mean, at the end of the day. I, it couldn't have strictly been about the price. I feel especially like it was, since it was... Maybe about the marketability. They're just like, yeah. nobody's shooting in black and white nowadays. Fuck that. Yeah, I think We're it was... doing it. I think it was going to cost too much on top of, like, the fact that it would be the only movie in, yeah. I guess, what, since The Lighthouse? It's the last time I, I, I think I've seen a movie in black and white be, like, marketed... The Lighthouse was yeah. eerie, but it was... Did you see... Have you seen The Lighthouse? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. It's not... It's Rob really... Uh, sleeps with a mermaid. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I'd see... It's strange. pieces of it, so... Oh, yeah. What about you, Colton? What's what's your list looking like this year? Uh, My man's got a whole fucking text document I was about to say, we, we got some variety <laughs> over you, here. You gave a little description. I, I gave a little description. I did see some I planned on doing that, and I did not make it that far. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I got too many movies I mean, on that list. Throw, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I mean, what do we want? Like, Do we want one of the movies on here that I like the best? You can go into any detail you Is want. there any that you watched this year that you haven't seen before that like kind of stood out to you? Um... Man, if I had to probably pick one of these, it would have to probably go with... I'd probably have to go with Psycho from 1960. I mean, Classic. 
So, yeah, I never, like, sat down, and every time I pull up fucking Peacock when I go to, like, straight to my wrestling and shit, Psycho would always be right there, and it's like, man, I've always heard nothing but great things about that movie. So I said, fuck it, and I was like, I'll sit down and watch it, and I was watching it, I'm like, damn, this is a really good movie, like, I love the beginning into it. So, I'll give the little description I wrote. Uh, the license plate was probably the greatest fucking thing. Because I had to pause and look at this for a second. I got a really good chuckle out of it. The license plate says A-N-L-709, number 69. And I'm like, ah. I'm like, we went everywhere else. I was like, that's fucking great. <laughs> I thought that was a great joke. Um, but I always know. I had always wanted to watch, like, the whole shower scene, you know, and I was like, all right, I want to see, like, how worthwhile is it. And I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, that was really good. Like, especially for, like, the time period of when that movie came out, 1960. I enjoyed it. It was good. You could watch the not-so-great version of from 98 with Vince Vaughn. Man, I wanted to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. It's, it's sitting there, but it's like, man, do I really want to... That's almost it's like, kind of a discrimination that they added in with the Psycho collection. Yeah. Like, when I'm looking at the collection, I'm like, one, classic. Two, pretty good. Three, not bad. We're four, start, we're starting yeah. at the point we probably should Was four stop. the 98? Four, no. Four was, like, it was its own TV movie. It still had oh. Anthony Perkins play Norman Bates. And then, oh, like, shoot. you go from that to the 98 with Vince Vaughn. It's like, yeah. oh, why did we add this? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> kind of like the same thing as, like, American Psycho 1, American Psycho 2. Yeah. It's like, let's, it's like one was not. great. So we <laughs> don't need to have a sequel. Let's not Was that the Mila Kunis? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Where oh, she was... No. Patrick Bateman's daughter. Who has seen that? Have you seen? Have you watched that? Uh, there's. I've avoided that at all costs. Have you um, watched it, Cody? Yes. Oh man. no. I think. Why would you? Tell us a little. What it? What it like? Uh, were you just on a worst movies of all time binge? <laughs> I had watched. He's like Candyman Three is next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What I feel like just torturing myself for hours on end. I watched Ghost Ship, and then I said it was on. I turned on Candyman Three. <laughs> and then when that goes off, I turn on American Psycho 2. And he's like, Halloween Resurrection. And you turn on the Psycho dead. The Psycho Jason Goes to Hell. Okay, I've, of all the worst ones, though, I've never seen American Psycho 2. Though. Don't. Uh, she goes to college. Uh, oh, no. Or she's in college. She's. They try to pull the whole she's Patrick Bateman's daughter. She slaughters a bunch of people trying to like get her way through college. She's still Jackie Burkhardt at this point to, uh, to remind anybody. Who yeah, she's know. very. That was a young Mila at that yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, what year did that come out? Probably like uh, 02. I don't know. That's such was... a that's such a disgrace because American Psycho was like 2000. Such a wild yeah. movie, and it American only came Psycho, out in American 2000. American Psycho came out. January what January first two thousand so it was like literally the beginning of a new millennium yeah, yeah. and that movie came out yeah and I think it was O two was it O two it was O two here I'll read oh, you God. the description they just Rachel is a criminology student hoping to land a position as a teacher's assistant for Professor Robert Starkman who played was played by William Shatner uh, she's sure this position will pave the way to an FBI career and she's willing to do anything to obtain it including killing her classmates the school psychiatrist Doctor Daniels. Uh, becomes aware that Rachel is insane and Rachel is skilled at her dangerous game of death and identity theft. And that's literally the whole fucking movie. Is she's just killing people off to get her way through this, like, career path. And it's just like... I'm very surprised 
that they were able to get William Shatner to do that movie. To be honest with you, because I mean, at that point, he was an established fucking dude. Yeah. Did they did they get a theater release? Oh yeah. Did it? Oh yeah. Oh my. But dude, and you know what? And that if I was like, it's got a three point seven on IMDb and eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds about right. If I was in that era though of being like teens, early twenties, and I'd watched American Psycho, I'd probably be a little pumped. I'd be like, I'm gonna definitely go see this. No, that's a better Rotten Tomatoes score than Soft 7 for the movie. It is technically American Psycho 2, All-American Girl. Yeah, yeah, the tagline for that one, it just, yeah. I'm not looking forward to sitting down and watching that at all. You're going to watch it? I'm going to have to try. (laughs) I've already sat down and seen one, I may as well... So what? I may as well torture You know how many times I've seen one? Many a times, I'm hold not going to watch two. Hold on, two. here you go. First, first like, paragraph I'm reading about this. One, it had a budget of $10 million. <laughs> Someone, they let them invest $10 million into this movie. Uh, the screenplay for the film, originally entitled The Girl Who Wouldn't Die, had no association with American Psycho. After production began. So they started, like, film, are you going to film this, like, storyboarding, and they're like, you know what? What if we just tie American Psycho into this? No. Why? Why did we do this? They're like, that seemed like a pretty big The script hit. was altered to connect the film with the original. American Psycho 2 was released direct-to-video on June 18, 2002. It so it didn't have okay. it didn't have theaters. I thought it did. That's three days before my birthday. It was also denounced by Brett Easton Ellis, the author of the original novel, and Kunis later expressed regret for the film. Yeah, dude, Brett Easton Ellis, he's a, he's a good author, but all his shit is like dystopian like the society's like not real society but it's kind of like just an upped version of real society whatever he's trying to project and it's always like macabre and fucked up yeah all his stories he's a great author though he's kind of he gives me like weird artistic like tarantino vibes but in like writer form i mean if we want to stick the tarantino thing real quick uh did any of you watch the, what was it, the Death Proof, was it Planet Horror? Was that the other one? The the, the Grand House series that he did? Yeah, I, I remember hearing about those. I've not uh, checked them out. But. So they had a bunch of different, like, movie directors do, like, fake movie trailers, like, for the thing to, like, put between them because it was always, like, marketed as a double feature. Uh, Eli Roth did Thanksgiving, and that is now getting an official movie release. Yeah, uh, if you have not watched yeah. the original trailer... Go watch the original trailer. It is so fucking stupid that it is priceless. I'll pull it up when we, we go to break. Yeah, I'll I've play heard it for about you guys. That. It is the best. It's kind of hilarious that from like yeah, just a bullshit trailer that was like so dumb that is talked about in the horror community. Yeah, that they made a movie now. Just remember <laughs> this this Thanksgiving white meat dark meat. It will all be carved. I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out there because man there is leftovers. There's not many Thanksgiving <laughs> horrors. That's that's a, just a tremendous the, the tag. Yeah, it is. The, the white meat like, meat is yeah, that, no, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that might be better than a pop of pumpkin. <laughs> the, the best thing is the voice in the original it's definitely better than talks than a like pop. this <laughs> and it's just like Thanksgiving the whole time. Anytime it goes to say Thanksgiving. Why are we doing this? Why does it sound like somebody who doesn't want to, like, and then the news reports and they're like, this anonymous person is like them sitting shadowed and it's the voice that just talks like this the whole time. Why? Why did you use that voice of all voices? 
So out of the modern horror directors, because I mean, we had back in the day, you know, there's Wes, John Carpenter, Toby Hooper, like that group. Mm-hmm. Now we got, you know, the Eli Roths, the Jordan Peels, the Rob, Robert Eggers, yeah, Jason Blum. Blum, is he, does he direct anymore? Does he just produce all this he shit? Might, he might just produce. He may have stepped out from behind yeah. him. He's like, I'm just going to produce He's everything. Like, I'm just going to release everything. But yeah, we got kind of him too. Uh, Ari, Ari Aster. We got David Gordon Green David when, he, Gordon when Green. he wants to try it out, you know. So who out of all the modern kind of directors, who are you like most impressed by? You feel like? Did you guys see any of the Jordan Peele films? Like, yeah. Uh, Get Out, Us. And nope. Nope. Candyman. The kind of the he was like a co-writer and producer. Yeah. He was so yeah, Jordan yeah. Peele. Uh, and who I think else? it was a good supplement to the original, that, but, yeah. but it obviously wasn't completely his film because it was it was written by him or, yeah. or he helped He's write like, it. Yeah, one of the two or three writers. Uh, but I mean, I thought Get Out and Us, even Nope, were like tremendously written. And here's the important thing: original stories yeah. that hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: they might not fall under the same kind of exact vein as a lot of horror movies do, quote unquote. But it's like his own unique style of telling the kinds of stories that he imagines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't went as deep this year so far. And, I, and I'm going to watch at least a couple of them before the, the list is done and said and over with this year. But he still did a, he still did a really good job at reinventing like a section of horror that you're like, oh shit, like that was something. Like he gives you something you haven't seen before. Yeah. Is what I'll say. It's kind of cool, too, that, like, he does put, <clears throat> like, black characters in the forefront mm-hmm. of all of his yes. horror films. And you don't really see that that often no. in the horror genre, no. you know? So that, it's like, it's kind of neat in its own way because it kind of sets his movies apart from all the other ones in a way which... I mean, he's invent. He also kind of his movies in ways like yeah, they're psychological and they're horror and they're fucked up, but they also got a lot of comedic tone to them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nope that's it tries to be scary, but you're like, what the fuck is this? And you just laugh at it. Like one of my favorite things to laugh at is uh, the the fucking TMZ reporter on the motorcycle who hits the fucking invisible wall because yeah. she does the fucking like electromagnetic shift and the fucking bike just stops and throws him like at least a good 200 yards <laughs> you say a nope yeah yeah i was gonna yeah. say i i did watch that in because we saw it in theaters last year me and Haley, and then and then i did watch it again in my list but i don't think i've seen it since then um but i really like get out like i pretty much have included that every year for like the last four or five years and I, like, I don't know. There's just, there's different aspects to him, like, that I haven't seen before. And, um, I don't know. It, it kind of always makes me curious to see what he's going to come out with next, I will say, too. Yeah. Does he got anything else lined up? I don't know, I don't know what he's working sure. on right I'm now. sure he's working on something. So is he, like, done with comedy for sure? Or does he still do, like, some form of comedy and, like, also stick with, like, his horror writing? I think he's pretty, like, tuned into the writing aspect of entertainment right now. I don't know if he's doing much, like, acting in general. Because that's when most of his comedy stuff came out, was when he was an actor, and he did, you know, Key mm-hmm. and Peele and shit. Yeah. Got I him mean, on Key the... is still doing a lot I of mean, comedy. that stuff was essential to him 
becoming a name that people recognize, though, too. Like, and that, all the stuff that he did prior, regardless, really helped sell his name to make these movies successful. I want to see him write and direct a comedy, though, just because Mm -hmm. he's, like, he's obviously can do that, too. Oh, yeah. Just after all this horror shit, just to drop a comedy in there would be great. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. Uh, unless it gets canceled between now and then, he's slated to be one of the directors of the Blade remake that Marvel's doing in 2025. Oh, for that real? could be cool. Yes. Woo! That's That'd supposed to nice. come out Valentine's Day 2025. Who are they going to get to play him, though? Because uh, I had heard Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I mean, he's a little off his I, fucking I'm rocker now, but nobody can play it like him. Perhaps if anybody else would like it. Is it Maserati? Well, it popped up yeah, some other yeah. shit. Uh, my apologies, my apologies. <laughs> you're good, they didn't see it. <laughs> Don Morgan, I apologize to you guys. I'm like asking a question, it's not even it. Ma- Maserati. Maserati. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Marisala, maybe? Marisala Ali. Either way, looking at it, he's going to be a good play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can it's, see it. It's It's... It sucks because I know it's that ingrained of like when you hear Blade, you think Wesley Snipes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like anytime you see anybody else, you're like, eh, it's probably not going to be as good. But I ain't, I'm, gonna hold, I'm not holding out on it. I think it's going to be a good movie. How many Blades did they make? Uh, I think too many. <laughs> too many. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was at least about three, three. Wasn't it? It was, was it more than three? I thought it was just three. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say three. three or four. I need to watch the I every like the past couple of years at oh, least. I've you know what? I'm more surprised more. they didn't run another seven or eight of them into the ground. New Line did it. Oh well. <laughs> All right, we need to milk this for everything it's got. You could say that about almost any horror franchise, even the ones I love. It's like, man, some of these should just not even be in the series. Yep. <laughs> well, and see, going back to Saw for a second is like. Not obviously not New Line affiliated, but like that was the interesting thing is because it got not only a good rating, but like it got the best rating that series has ever gotten critically and audience wise. And they are 10 deep into the franchise. 10. How many series that aren't complete shit by that point? Or even by six or seven. There were some pretty pretty rough Saw movies there near the end. That's that's why they. I feel like they were able to bounce back good because the last few have been on a downhill skid and then they brought John Kramer back. Yeah, in in the Kramer story... All right, old man, you're not dead from cancer (laughs) yet. (laughs) To be honest, that speaks volumes about Tobin Bells because he's, he's like 75 and they're like, they still wanted him as their lead man. To come back and do this. And well, yeah, he's like, the only one that could save the damn franchise at this but point. does it really speak volumes for him, or does it only go to show that they have to have him around? No, because they didn't have to make another one. No, but if they want to keep making them, they have to bring if, him back. It's yeah. If. They're but kind of, you can't tell like, me that the, the last three have knocked it out of the park. No, so they, they could have just killed it and said, ah, we're done. Yeah. But they didn't. And yeah. now they made the most commercially... Critically, an audience successful saw of all time with 10. With 10. That's fucking crazy. Now, I don't know where they go from there. I don't know if they call we're, it a day. We're going to put one between uh, two and three now. And then maybe that we'll do one between yeah, they're three like, and four. This is going to be 2.3. <laughs> well, the thing is, but the one. Yeah. 
three and four were coinciding at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like that, the, the timeline in Saw is so thin. A lot of it, anyways, is anyways, very it's like you can't together. do. Yeah. It's like, dude, the first fucking six movies take place within like a month of each other. So mm-hmm. that even that, it's like. I think why well, there gonna, was some time, a lot of time between one and two, which is why they could tell the story of ten. But yeah, there, yeah, there was like I don't think there was much time in between them. Between one and two, I think there was, but between two, three, four, it was like narrow. Although, although if you really look at it, uh, what's his name? Um, Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh. What was yeah. his name? Fucking Matthews. Yeah, Detective Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. They did say in four he was he was nowhere to be found for six months. Like he was gone for six yeah. months. So that kind of puts time between two and four, which really in like Elijah said, three and four are like <laughs> literally two sides of the same coin. Like they kind of wrap into the same fucking yeah. thing. Which is another reason why I really like two and four or three and four that much because I like two as well. But. Uh, that part of the story, it's not even just like, oh man, this is a fantastic film, it blew me away, but like, because it's the book of Saw, which Spiral kind of talked about, like, you know, in that aspect, it's like one big wraparound of a story, it like, that part of the story was so, like, interesting, I thought, like, yeah. telling about the Kramer, because it's like, when people think of Saw, they're like, oh man, it's a gore fest, it's fucking, it's, it's bloody, it's crazy, but, like, there's the gore of the traps and the situation, but there's also the John and Jill story and why he got into it and losing the child and showing people they need to learn a lesson. And then there's the whole other aspect behind, like, the detective aspect of it and figuring out who's behind it, yeah. why they're doing oh, this stuff. There's, it's kind of like a police drama. It's a, it's a multi-layered franchise. Yeah. I mean, you want to throw a spoiler before we talk about Ted real quick? Because tie back to what you said there about like the how to teach a lesson he all everything you see that happens in 10 is him just trying to like teach them a lesson and then you yeah. see why he ends up as fucked up as he does at the end of 10 yeah when it all gets turned on his head and turned on him and it's like oh you didn't learn fucking shit now now you they just like poked the bear one too many times i give them a chance yeah he thinks like He's like because he came out of that wreck still alive and he's like i got a whole new outlook on life he's like everybody needs to experience this everybody's gonna almost die once (laughs) you need to feel imminent death (laughs) to be able to come out in a redemption story I love the fucking roasting before he puts them into the trap. Oh yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. He's Sometimes like so far faceless in life. what use, or he's like in what could loosely be called your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, damn! It's like I'm already fucked, and you gotta, you gotta roast me too. <laughs> like fuck you, bud! You put me in this shit. I'm gonna die now. What? No words. In and the you gotta talk shit. shit? Yeah. No pep talk. I'm trying to get. Yeah, out it's of like. On a new outlook of life? It's like, and in other words, you have 60 seconds to decide what you want to... It's like, it's like you just insulted me. I'm, I'm in a trap I can't get out of unless I poke one of my eyes out. <laughs> what? What? Um, I do have, in speaking of traps, kills, and such, I do have another question. Um, and we can all kind of assess it uh, for ourselves. I might as well look at it before I fucking... Before I ask here. What, uh, what do you think... 
So who, who in your opinion, and we probably all have different answers to some extent, or maybe not, because we've all seen various movies of all the slashers, or maybe we've seen all of them, whatever. Who do you think has the most memorable kills of all the slashers? Mm. Memorable? Yeah. I think I mean, it, like who? I think it's hard to, and he's he's up there if he's not my. I always have claimed kind of like Jason as just my go-to favorite slasher, just because I I was introduced to him early, but I was also introduced to Freddy early, mm-hmm. and I'd probably have to say Freddy just because his shit was so inventive because it was he dream sequence. He had great one-liners that always stuck out. Yeah. For why it was memorable, too. Yeah, I think my favorite, though, was the silence before Michael just stabs. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, well, yeah, I'm going to stare a hole through you. Was it that one that you said in Halloween Kills, how he kicks the door open, and that girl has the gun pointed at him, but then he kicks it open, and it turns back oh around to her, and it sh- shoots her. Nurse. I forgot she about that. She pulls her own yeah, trigger, because he's like... Yeah, hits, the, and it's hits like, the door. That's something we haven't seen before. Makes her jump. She blows her own head off. That's and why I'm it's like, what like, the fuck? But you're right. You got though, ghost face, child, or you know, child's play with the Chucky films. Okay. You got fucking. I guess Freddy, Jason, they all Michael, have their own like Leatherface. We just well, we just watched the 2022 one. The I love Leatherface too because it's so brutal and it's like a fucking oh, chainsaw. Oh, just like, wait till you see the 22. It's just one. yeah, and uh, yeah, like even like the 06 prequel. I was telling him in the last episode, like there's some he like fucking sawing people in half and shit in that one. Oh, like just there's some brutal 22. ass shit, mm-hmm. but. I, 22, I think, takes the cake on the bloodbath end. Yeah. And my yeah. favorite line before it all starts is, do anything and you're going to get canceled, bro. It just fucking rips the chainsaw and starts it. Whatever he got on, <laughs> like, what did I... That, so dumb. That comment that I made before he got on that, like, but without spoiling everything, because Elijah needs yeah. to see it too. Um, it's on my but before list, he, maybe this week I might before he got on that Boston shit I was just like no way he's gonna fuck with these people there's like 18, 20 people on there. <laughs> yeah, the fuck I was wrong boy he just wrong. gets on there and just he's a big son of a bitch with a chainsaw it's well, just well, like but it just like, didn't seem like a situation he'd put himself in because yeah. he's always he's always one-offing people off to the side in the dark see that's the thing about away from I kind of like like I like the 03 and 06 Leatherface because he has a big hulking figure and shit, and he can, uh, like, he seems like a dominant force. You're like, oh, he will fuck you up. But, like, mm-hmm. I kind of like my Leatherface a little bit, like... Rough around the edges. Also sort of misunderstood. Like, I, that's, like, I heard that they eliminated the family in the 2022 version, you know, and it's just him, and he's kind of like a dominant force like Michael you, Myers. You, you get mom in the beginning. But it's like, I kind of like the aspect of the family kind of manipulating him. Because he's, you know, a little, like, you know, like, slower, and they just kind of make him what they want to make him. I kind of like that aspect, because kinda, there's no other slasher like that. You kind of get that with this one? He's uh, he's not yeah, all there, you, and she, she, like, shielded him away from everything? Because you don't really get that in the 2013 one, though, either, because they're not there. The 2013 one, though, like, after watching the rest of the series, it has went way down for me just because I'm like, there's no cohesiveness in this shit. He, like, he slaughters all her fucking friends, and she's, like, on his side and shit at the end. He somehow, (laughs) Leatherface is a fucking good guy now? Is that the one where they get to the end and she's like, 
she's somehow related to him and she yeah. takes over the house. And, yeah. and like, also that thing, in the like, basement. They never specify what era it's in, but like it seems modern and she's like in her fucking twenties and she would not have been in her twenties and all that yeah, shit yeah. too. Like Yeah. There's just was. like nothing that made a whole lot of it was fun. But it made no. It was no a sense. good. It was a good horror movie. It just wasn't a good like in terms of continuity and shit. It's in just, terms of like know. the franchise, it just yeah. kind of like I it wasn't seen, cohesive. I haven't seen the second one, so I can't really vouch for that one. But like the third one, I know was in a lot of ways like comparable to goofy. the original. Do what? I think three is it three or two. That's real goofy. It's two. It's two. Yeah. I I really liked it honestly for that because. Dude, is, Toby Hooper is it, said... Isn't two the one the one with the weird-ass scene with him and the chainsaw on the ice? And he's like, she's sitting on like the edge of the ice tub in the back of the bar. And he's yeah. like revving the chainsaw up on the ice. Yeah. That's he's, the only scene I remember. Like, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, this, this is a recurring so thing like, when I watch these movies. I'm just like, what the fuck's going chainsaw, on here? Chainsaw, <laughs> like, fornication bullshit going yeah. on. I don't know. But that like Toby Hooper really leaned into the like dark comedy of that movie because he said later on he's like oh I always intended for the original Texas Chainsaw to be a dark comedy it's like nobody saw it that way no no it was honestly like the best way to to look at that was disturbing yeah, it, it was, was it like made you feel fucking weird it yeah. did it, it was like it, and I know they didn't show a lot but it felt Especially with whenever they left that girl alive and they had like the gag ball and the one, the old grandpa dude, it felt like a fucking torture porn. They were all basically still around in the second one besides like like Bill Mosley replaced the hitchhiker as his fucking twin brother. Yeah. That was like Chop Top was supposed to be the twin brother of the hitchhiker. Good old Chop Top. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that whole family was like still around. If I had seen more of that franchise too i mean i would probably be able to say about that but one thing i talked to jason about maybe yesterday or the day before uh jason is the almighty knowing uh horror god at work yeah. that has watched basically anything that man has come up to me and he's got a crazy memory about so it. Yeah. The, the, like a month and a half two months ago this man comes up to me and goes so i watched this movie on i think you said it was on shutter the other night and he goes it's uh it's called grizzly he goes it's jaws but with a bear He's like, think of, like take the whole premise of, of Jaws, but make it a bear. And it's from like right around the same time as Jaws, like late seventies, early eighties. And they used a real life bear because at the time they didn't have fucking CG bears and whatnot. So like they made this bear stand up and look menacing, like it was going to oh attack. God. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> was he good? No. Is it worth the watch? No. <laughs> uh, as we as we dubbed it, it's Jaws with Paws. <laughs> Jaws with Paws. Like, one thing he pointed out, though, was, you know, we were talking about how a lot of the slashers... And the thing is, to some extent, like, you can put Ghostface in there because he is a slasher, but the thing is, he's always different, so it's not like it's always the same person yeah. under the mask. Yeah, right. Stuff. So it's... it's, it's it's fair to call him a slasher, but it's not fair to act like it's the same character each time. Unless you count the, the masked half as the same character. Yeah. I guess you would go with I, that There's role. some people that do that, but, like, I love Scream as a series. It's one of my favorite horror same. franchises. Yeah. But, like, Ghostface ranks way down when yeah. it comes to horror villains for well, me. He's because it's like he's dude. not... 
And that even but that, like, like I, high school kids, yeah, what do you expect? I, and well, I kind of like that certain, certain like, ones are over shit certain ones are very much, and I lo- and I love the movies themselves. Yeah, but it's certain I mean. ones are very much less believable than the other killers. Yeah. Mm. Like in in the series, certain ones are like, oh, you're like, okay, I can kind of see. How I just take it as they would be like, like that, especially like in four with. Emma but how is a how is a six like, foot four looking motherfucker? A five foot two girl. I uh, I take it as them being the manipulator. Like they manipulated the dude into doing but all even the, the killing. Dude's and like they five, were the mastermind. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Bl- bl- and he comes across. Yeah, they're wearing platform boots, man. They're wearing these big ass platform boots. Yeah, but Holy Fucking Brother is not the uh, or Gollum's the master, brother, the or master, Gollum himself, <laughs> the mastermind. When I look at the man like that, that he's not a, he's not a mastermind. Yeah. I couldn't imagine him. Well, he's like well, in the what's his name Hayden. Uh, What's your name? Uh, does not want to kiss him. He's just like, one's like he like walks away and he's like bobbing his head. It's just like, dude, that he looks like Gollum. It's like she, of course, she doesn't want to kiss you. Man. What uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he was the one that got. He was like Emma Roberts' character was manipulating yeah. his ass to do yeah. all the killings. Yeah. You know. And she was going to well, take she the was, for it. She was, yeah, I was going to say, but she was one of the killers. It was kind of like, it was always a mastermind. Like, Billy was the mastermind, then Debbie Salt was the mastermind, then Emma But Billy Roberts did most the of the killing, too. Yeah. But he, he was the one with the plan, you know? He just got <laughs> Stu involved with him. Um, his parents are gonna kill him, and he's getting a little <laughs> woozy over here. Yeah. That was, that was tremendous, though. I think one is probably like the most memorable. Oh yeah. Movie. Oh, easily. It's still one's uh, one of the most memorable horror movies for yeah. me. It's, it's still, like, yeah. it's still far and away the best three. I think it's five. I think it's five. Yeah, because uh, six they're in New York, which is yeah. weird. Uh, five that think, freshened it up though. It did. I liked in five when you realize from inside the house they are in the original house from the first one. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you, they don't let you see it. Like, at first, you get some weird shots, and if you were really paying attention and like, a super fan, you probably could pick out things. But all of a sudden, you're in the middle hallway, and you're looking out the door, and it turns, and you start to realize where you are as it backs out of the house, and you see the house. And you're like, oh, shit, this is where we've been the whole time. <laughs> and see, that was the time to bring back Stu, and they fucking drop the ball again. Do you know where Stu is supposed to come back in this franchise? But it got written out. Wasn't it like, what, six or seven? No. Well, seven is. That seven's not even a thing yet. It's, it's, it's being made. I don't see uh, it. He was supposed to come back in three. What? Hold Wasn't on. he in three? No. He's listed as being in three. They paid him for three. Yeah. That whole movie was written, ready to be shot. They were like, within days of shooting. And Columbine happened. That movie was originally yep. supposed to have him being the mastermind, and it was supposed to be a school shooting based movie. And Columbine happened, and they went, "We can't do this," and yeah. scrapped everything. Because that happened him, like what ninety nine? Yeah, like, like and they, really, and they really came out with that, that yeah. thousand. Yeah. yeah, that they completely had to rewrite that whole movie. They still paid Matthew Lillard because he was supposed to be in it. He turned other things down, and it wasn't like a, a mm. production thing or like a him. He's like, fuck it, I guess I'll go be shaggy. And you know, I read, whenever I looked back to, even Scream 1, 2, and 4, or something like that, had, and I could be butchering this to some extent, had like some of the same writers, 
three was when a lot of different people slid into the movie as compared yeah. to even the first two. Or the, and I'm like, production really got halted on that. Shit, I'm like, dude. yeah, well, because that's why it went from '96 one, '97 two, and 2000. 2000 until three. Yeah. They talked about that in one of the still screaming or like one of the documentaries that they came out with in that. But then, it, of course, it took 11 years before four, and then it took another 11 years before five. So, like, now four stands on its own as like a completely like isolated movie. Yeah. In a lot of ways, too. But four, like, I don't four know. Four is fantastic. They, they had, they all had different things. One, two, and four are still, like, far and away probably my favorites of the series. I will say three had a better cold opening than almost all of them. Maybe the best. Oh, a fucking cotton stuff? Yeah. Cotton st- yeah. Uh, One is probably still my favorite cold open, but yeah. it probably followed up by three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but four, I didn't think the cold open in four, because I, I do agree is the movie overall, but I don't think four's cold open was as strong. It, was, as, it went on too long. So I, don't think, like, I don't think four's cold open was as strong as any of the first three. Yeah. I don't really remember the newer ones as much yet, because I haven't seen them nearly as many times. Six had a really good cold open, but I remember. Yeah, because that I think the that's girl important. The, movie, meeting up with the the student for the study session, right? And then they're like these these guys are trying to do the ghost face thing, yeah. and they're like talking about it on the phone. And the one guy that killed the girl gets yeah. killed, and you're like, oh fuck! Uh, fun fact: somebody pointed out that if you turn the brightness up on your TV, you can see him standing in the alley. So they he actually stood in the alley. For that shot, it was not uh, just like a blank alley behind them. <laughs> that they actually had him there, so if you catch it in the right light, you can see the shadow of somebody standing there. And I'm like, that is a very nice touch. That, like, cool. unless you like look for those things, you're never gonna know. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's a lot of little hidden mm-hmm. gems in movies. Uh, and that one too. Uh, the Ice Nine Kills poster on the fridge. The name of the venue. Is something to do? It's a Wes Craven Easter egg to something else he had done, like outside of like horror, and it was like they kind of just slid it in under the radar. Wait, what music video was it for? Uh, no, it was in Scream Six. Oh. Ice Nine Kills is on the fridge of the yeah. the college people's apartment. Oh, for real? Uh huh. There's oh. a little tiny poster, and it's it's for an upcoming show in New York. But the venue is uh, I forget what the Wes Craven reference is. <laughs> That's the venue, a, the last house on the left. That's, that's <laughs> unfortunate about the uh, the timeline of like Col- or uh, well, like with Columbine and then Scream Three and yeah. shit too. I mean, I'm not gonna act like it's there was more a, unfortunate than everybody's lives that were lost there yeah. and shit yeah. like that. But they leaned into the comedy half because they were heavily yeah. under fire. Yeah, I I can see that. They're like, all right, we need to put Jane Silent Bob in this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Colton, what are your uh, which? I mean, you know, what are some of your favorite slasher? Kills and shit. I mean, who do you think's the most entertaining slasher? You think? Man, I'm be... so I was gonna go with probably Freddy, but I mean, cause watching Freddy one and two for sure, like he has his own innovation with this with his kills, be- mainly because he like goes in between like the dreamscape and everything. So it's just the way that he's able to manifest like his dream version of himself onto other people as a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where uh, I enjoy that. Now, don't get me wrong. Like with Ghostface, 
I enjoy that because it, it's the mystery, it's the facade of who's actually donning the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, like who's actually like doing the kills and that's an thing. aspect that they have in that series that no other series has yeah it is the mystery behind who's yeah. the face so I mean like that definitely separates from things such as Friday the 13th and Halloween because yeah. um, you have memorable characters yeah that dawn the you know the slasher yeah like, so I mean so I mean it's really just more of depending on what you're in the mood for no I mean don't get me wrong Jason and Michael will probably be like my two favorites because because Jason was the original one that got me into it, and I've started like appreciating Michael's a fuck ton more mainly mm-hmm. because of Halloween too, which again reminds me why I don't fuck with Michael Myers. And oh, uh, when he comes walking out the giant fucking fireball at the end, yeah. Also, hold on, question. I thought about this earlier as we watched the ending of this. What the fuck happened to Loomis? Loomis is in that room. There's no other door. Yeah, that whole fucking room explodes and is a giant fucking inferno. And Milo comes out looking like a fucking human torch. Where the fuck did Loomis? Doesn't go? he have? Uh, Where did Lori go? Was it after two or was it after four that Loomis has all, all like the scarring on his face? It was four. He had the scarring. But, four, but, but was it the beginning of four? It would have to be because three. Because it, he might have. They might have said that. He got away, but he just had... Maybe he got burned in that fire. But there's I don't no know. other door in that room. Yeah, how would he... Have I don't when, know. When, when, which, by the way, Tim counted it earlier. Michael swings... Are the 41 sound effect, times. Yeah, the sound effect goes off 41 times when Michael swings. Uh, there's no other fucking door in that room. When he's swinging around, and you're watching him walk all the walls, there's no other fucking door. Except maybe the door he, he kicked in. Like, they broke down to get in. Maybe he leaped into something. <laughs> I don't know. The whole fucking room is a fireball. Where, where's he going to leap into? <laughs> is there a D3 into a capsule? There? <laughs> well, and I thought, if I remember correctly, at the end of two, didn't Lori like she got out first? She was sitting in the hallway. Was she sitting in the hallway? Yeah, or? yeah. I thought she was sitting in a car at one point. That's she earlier. Was, yeah. Okay. She watched okay. Michael like walk out of the room. Yeah, and, like, she goes back engulfed yeah. in flames. Yeah. yeah, and I it's think that sick shot though. I love that. When he comes walking through the fire, oh, it's so as the fireball, it just fucking hits the floor. Uh, what was it? At the end of two, she was like eventually walking off into like some fog and shit. If I remember that correctly, no, she gets taken via ambulance at the end of two. Is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. She sits in the hallway. It turns morning. Uh, they load her into an ambulance, and the ambulance drives off into the fog. But yeah, like we're gonna take you from hospital to hospital. And then that was what? That was the end of the movie? Yeah. Okay. But doesn't I, Loomis enter four with scarring yeah, on the like half of his face? On like his cheek and whatnot, yeah. he's burnt. But they never explain how he survived the whole fucking room imploding and there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah, yeah no. And as big as that fire natural, came out the doorway and down the hallway, there's no way he's just like, I just chilled in the corner, bro. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Now that I remember the beginning of, of 4, I don't even think they actually explained it. They were just like more worried about the fact of, yeah, we got Mike right here. You know, what yeah. are we going to do with him? Well, that was because they, they were going to do the anthology thing where they told a different story with every Halloween. But then once they segued to 3... And we're gonna do that. There was all the backlash because it wasn't Michael. And after one and two, they were people were grown accustomed to Michael Myers being the killer. But the problem is, and by no means whatsoever, do I wish they hadn't done two because I absolutely fucking love two. And like we just obviously watched it earlier, 
And I mean, I have probably more praising to do for it, for sure. Mm-hmm. But that wonky ass scene with the blonde hair mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, I mean, but there's in these movies, man. There's yeah. a lot of fucking. There's yeah. a lot of that in all of them, even the ones that we enjoy of all the slashers. Yeah. Uh, but I think like it's like if they were gonna do that, they could have, they could have like done that with two. But by no means am I saying I wish they hadn't made two. Yeah. But if they were going to make every one of them about something different, they should have went Michael first one, two let's take it in another direction, three let's take it in a different direction, four, you know what I'm saying, like a different story each one, right. rather than let's tell Michael's story the first two, now it's time to move on. It's like, no, because it, now people think that they're coming to the theater to see Halloween 3 and Michael Myers is the fucking killer. You know what I mean? But no, did Carpenter do, not want to make two? And his yeah. wife no, they, made me, it. Me and Jason had this conversation. Because that's why the mask is there. The OG <laughs> mask ended up in a box under a bed somewhere. And when it came time to use it, they're like, hey, okay. this thing's fucking falling apart. We can't but use see, this. But it's, see, it's funny because that wasn't even remotely the biggest like complaint about it. Like, I had way more complaints about 4 and how baggy and shitty the mask looked. Yeah. And 5. The only, yeah. And the <laughs> only reason they sort of tried to get around it is because it was in stores for some reason. In four, and he just grabbed it off the shelf, and he had this baggy ass. Yeah, why would somebody mask? be like, "Hey, you know this guy that fucking half this yeah. place apart"? <laughs> They're gonna sell it. You know our town that's They're being haunted by this stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna sell them. But it's it's the same thing, and like I'm not shitting on it by any means either. But like it's the same thing. It's like in Scream. It's just like. Less than one year after these real events took the lives of oh, a lot yeah. of people, they're like, "Let's make a movie about this. We're gonna make yeah. movies. We're gonna make we're gonna books. Make, yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna sell the costume, and everybody's gonna buy it. Why the and hell? And the, the characters that got murdered in the movie looked like the real characters yeah. in real so, life. Yeah, uh, shit. I saw a thing today. Matthew Lillard was talking about they uh, up until like right before the first movie was shot, like within like they were all on set, they were getting boxes of different masks. Because the original one they had to that point got turned down or didn't get the rights to it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the company that made the original Scream mask still owns the rights. That's why you keep seeing them in stores. Because that small company in North Carolina now is a billion dollar company because Scream used it, didn't buy the rights for it, and then just made all these movies. <laughs> and that's why you saw all those variations of the mask as a kid. And still now you get like the chrome colored ones. The one yep. that pumps the blood. The, de- the uh-huh. red ones with the devil horns. Uh-huh. Because that small company in North Carolina still owns the rights and Scream can't do anything about it. So they can just keep I, you producing. Know, I've always even wondered that because the merchandise for Scream, there's not, there is more merchandise that's just like ghost face mask yeah. than actual Scream merchandise. Uh-huh. And that's you why know? it's always labeled as ghost face mask. That's a good yeah. point. Or like it'll yeah. have like the Scream logo real small on it. But because it's, this, the, I forget the name of the company. They're a small company. They were a small company in North Carolina that now is like a. You guys should consider them a billion dollar company because as long as they keep making these movies and these movies are popular. So do they take the trademark for it or do they like. No. The people just, from Scream never reached they out. They never bought the rights. Yeah, for they it. never bought the rights for the mask. <coughs> They're using. It's basically just free advertisement for this company at this rate. To this day, they still do not own. Anything attached to that. At this mask. point, they're not going to sell it unless it's like, if it's under a billion at this point, yeah. they probably won't fucking oh, yeah. sell it. These people yeah. are sitting on a giant mountain waiting to waiting to cash out if somebody wants to fork the money over for wow. it. Wow. I was going to say there's a there's a big wad of cash sitting around just for all that right there. Yeah. 
just some independent mask company. They're like, all right. Yeah. Like, we hold the monopoly on this right now. Surprise, surprise. It's Vincent fucking McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Ah-ha. So I got an extra billion in there just from a ghost face mask. It was me all along. <laughs> it was me. Do you have uh, an answer on that, you think? Or is it, is it kind of, you know, what the... Most favorite. memorable, yeah. I probably would say, all in all, like, not even that he's my favorite, but like I said, it probably would be Freddy. I think Leatherface has some great kills. I, I think love the fact Jason. that he's allowed... Ghostface, I almost like the clumsy style of Ghostface, because yeah. it sets him yeah. apart from yeah. everybody else. I see, you can also tie in with Ghostface, you can tie in the early scary movies, where he had, like, the fucking dopey-looking face, and the <laughs> yeah. one scene I fucking remember is where he's trying to run up the fucking stairs... And the fucking chick's just shoving all the random shit down the stairs oh, yeah. at him. The bike, the grandma, the piano. <laughs> I was say, she shoves down a fucking piano. Yeah. <laughs> in the what's up thing, that's like, yeah. when you think Ghostface, that's something else that also enters my brain is like that era. Because it's like, again, that's probably another mask that company made that making millions off of it. Yeah. I think the Freddy one is set apart in a lot of ways because he's, as opposed to... Leatherface, Michael, and Jason, he actually talks and is able to, like, throw and spit his one-liners and just bullshit at everybody. So, like, instantly, you're encapsulated by, like, whatever line he's saying and, like, however he kills his victim. And he's able to do it in whichever way he wants to because it's usually within a dream. It pretty much always is in a dream state. He doesn't really kill anybody outside of... That's what I was going to get to. About the Leatherface thing. the weird one at the end of the remake. Yeah. With yeah. the mirror. But that was cool, honestly. Yeah. It's just he pokes the eyes and just yeah. fucking brings her back in the mirror. That was honestly a cooler... The movie wasn't better, but that was a cooler ending than the yeah. original. Yeah. What I would say, uh, just that bringing it up about um, Jason, <laughs> though, is the difference between a lot of those guys, including Chucky, Ghostface, um... Freddy, Michael, and Jason. The difference between Leatherface and all those guys is, like, Leatherface fucking has never even really gotten killed by anybody. No, They've all the rest Everybody of them. Everybody just gets away from them. All, I mean, I mean, obviously, all the rest of them have been brought back to life many times over. Yeah. But, like, all of them have gotten killed. Well, wait, in part two, he does die. Does but they he? bring him back in three? Just okay. to, because it was a new... I think New Line bought him out at that point, and yeah. they're like, well, Leatherface is like the well, head of the fucking franchise. Even, we gotta bring him back. But even taking that into consideration, he's like, all the rest of those guys die in essentially every single movie they've ever been in. Yeah. He fucking, he hardly ever to never dies. Like, he just, he's always alive at the yeah. end of it. Sometimes. Sorry, sorry for spoiling. Sometimes, sometimes he's even the face. Yeah. So it's like. Well, then I, I guess I got Quote one. Quote, unquote. We got one other person that, like, I could maybe throw in there for, like, unique kills. Maybe Pinhead. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. But the, yeah. The only thing is with, with the Pinhead, he doesn't necessarily do the kill all that often. It's like, it's like the chains. The only time I can think of, like, Pinhead really just, like, raising hell is in three no, no pun I mean, intended. He is a hell hell raiser. Raiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 
look at that. He's gonna he, raise some hell. He, 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 he like walks down in that nightclub and he's just like it's playtime and he just like fucks up like a hundred people oh, in that nightclub. Yeah, that's just wild. But like beyond that, a lot of the times it's like. He gets summoned, and then, like, the chains come up and just fucking tear people apart, yeah. you know? Or the Cenobites come and tear shit. Yeah. He's, he comes with the whole game. He's like, oh, you called me? You called fucking all of us. <laughs> Everybody, I'm too lazy to do this. Please take care of this. He's like, I'll say some, like, really witty, deep shit while everybody else fucks you up. Has anybody, any of you seen the, the 20... Is that when they did the remake? Um, yeah, I'm watching it this year too because I'm watching through that series yet. some this year. Yeah, so. I haven't watched it. I've been, I'll I've probably been watch it really soon. No, I've seen the first. I've seen the first one in the original series, but I need to go and watch the rest. The of first one. one, I'm like, why are we staring at this bloody man the whole time? Yeah, you call yeah. him a man. Seen the first four and number four. Isn't that when they go to space? It's three separate oh, no. timelines. It starts out in the fucking 1800s. Yeah, and then and it goes to the '90s, and then, and then it goes to space. Point. You go to Nam at some point, don't you? That's in three. That's in three. Yeah, yeah, because because in three it's a flashback though to when Pinhead was human and yeah. he was a veteran in the Vietnam War. Yeah, so that's kind of Pinhead. Yeah. You guys uh, want to roll into a break and come back with the good, the bad, and the shits? I guess we can. Yeah. Alrighty, well, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We are on episode number 106. We got Cactus, Colt, and Jack, and Cody Robbins with us. Stay with us, and we will be right back. See ya. Episode number 106, the good, the bad, and the shits is getting ready to ensue in this very horror Halloween-oriented episode with Cody Robbins and Cactus Colton Jack in their fourth appearance, boys. We are ready for a fucking solid-ass round of the good, the bad, and the shits. Who wants to start us off here? You got something prepared? Or do you want us to do it? I was going to say... I, you want to fire her off? I don't know. I don't know. Do we, do we really want to let me off with my first one? Bring it in. <laughs> right, this isn't wrestling. No, summer still 2025. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> we got 2025. I'm going with that one. you guys say? How do you think it's going to go? I got the whole card booked. Nah, you know what? I'll let you guys go first. I'll let you guys go first. All right. Elijah, you what you got? He's like, fuck, that's the only thing I have. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. No, you don't. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. What do you got? <laughs> All right. 
Okay. Speaking like just different subgenres of horror, I was kind of thinking sort of one that's kind of swept under the rug and not as talked about, but everybody knows at least a few movies within it, like horror anthology films, like Trick or Treat, Tales from the Hood, Creep Show, like a horror movie with multiple stories laced in to I got a good, I got a good one for that one. Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. (laughs) You ever, yeah. You know what? You know what? Hear me out. Why is this a thing? (laughs) Hear me out. Three, I brought up this. Snoop Dogg, Hood of Horror. That sounds like it could be Tales from the Hood-esque, though. That's why. How is it not Tales from the Hood, really? Like, the only thing that I take from that film is the first story that they told. You Um, watched it? I did actually watch it. (laughs) You know, I think I was bored as fuck one night scrolling through the channels when I still had satellite, and I was like, finding shit whatever and i think that was on i'm like yeah fuck it i'll watch it i watched it and the first story that they told it had a danny Trejo in it and he was given this sick ass hand tattoo and i'll be honest with you that hand tattoo would probably be the only tattoo that i'd probably ever get on my hand ever because that looks so goddamn cool i don't know why but that one was just so fucking cool after that the rest of the movie was just something else but that first story was pretty damn cool. This movie almost ties uh, fucking American Psycho 2 in ratings. It's got a <laughs> 4.1 on IMDb and a matching 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Yeah. So was Snoop Dogg just the producer? Did he, he is like... the Hound of Hell. The okay. Hound of Hell. Is a guide through three stories from a neighborhood of depraved citizens. That's literally the like the description of the movie as you start to read the like the synopsis. The neighborhood of depraved citizens. I mean, it sounds like it could be Tales from the Hood. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I never knew. I never knew it was rated that bad. So yeah. horror anthology films like multiple like you mean yeah, like, just short like multiple stories. stories. We watched that a film. We watched that Tales of Halloween movie. Remember that? that yeah. Was so goofy. Where yeah, that think, little uh, where that little dude got birthed out of whatever the fuck happened. The little, like, puppet kind of, like, And then the he started, like, singing guy. on somebody's hand or something. Yeah. That was fucking weird. It was, like, claymation alien or some shit. Uh, there's All Hallows' Eve was another one that I think that was the introduction to Art the Clown. It was. It was what spawned a terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. I love anthology movies, partially only because... Uh, yeah. Trick or Treat's one of my all-time favorite Halloween movies. Yeah. I think... It's so underrated, and I... Yeah. They keep... There's been talks of them. We're gonna make a second. For it like just yeah. Ever now, but I agree. Like keeps getting pushed off. Ooh, I agree with that. Uh-huh. It seems so yeah. easy to be able to do that. You could make literally any story that takes place on Halloween and just tie Sam into it, yeah. and it would be trick or treat. You know. Mm-hmm. I would say underrated because I don't think there's enough stories oriented that way. Like you don't have to necessarily come up with a full fledged, you know outing for whatever for an hour and a half or two hours i think sometimes you can just tell halloween short stories make them spooky keep them short like we you know all the stuff we like i remember reading about stuff like that in school and like some of the Mm -hmm. some of the simplicity of the stories was what was creepy about it 
Well, like it the, doesn't always the have to be the version of uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the book yeah. series. That yeah. was going to be the one that I discussed because I did watch that, and that was that's what I was going to discuss. Like, was that enough of like a uh, of what we would consider like the anthology, like Scary when, Stories? Yeah, the movie version, or would we just consider that like just one big movie? No, that's definitely an anthology film. Would I'd we say. consider it an anthology? Yeah, because there's like different. Little sectors stories, of yeah. it, like a mo- like a different monster comes around in each part. We never got a two of that, did we? No, uh, it's kind of like ABC's of Death. Every letter they pick a different uh, different director did a different like type of death. Uh, so it's like I guess you can consider that an anthology because there's like twenty six different little movies in one movie. Yeah. But I think that my favorite thing with Trick or Treat is the fact that it wraps around. If you follow yeah. the stories, mm-hmm. you all you kind of like you file you follow the timeline and they all fit together, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very nice thing. And not just like hey, we made three random short movies, but to yeah, release like, them separately. I think it was four separate timelines. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it was cool because tied back into the other stories. Yeah. Parts yeah. of it that you saw at the beginning were like you saw how that came to be in some of the other stories yeah. later into the movie. You hit and the so, end, and you're basically looped back to the uh-huh. beginning. And I don't, in keep in mind, like I really don't even necessarily think they all need to completely tie in. Sometimes no. it's just fun whenever you have a shortened story that's maybe only twenty minutes or thirty minutes or whatever, right? And you show multiple of them within the same kind of time frame to make yeah. a film, you know. Um, so I mean, I think more of that would be cool, and in that sense, because I don't think they're done very often, I would a hundred percent say they're underrated. Yeah. Yeah. That's There's some take. like really good ones, but mm-hmm. they're few and far between. Like yeah, they don't it's... happen. Like the last one I think I know of that recently that came out was Scary Stories, right? It was mm-hmm. like that was at least the last kind of like big known one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It came out in like <clears throat> 2019, I think. Because most of the time when that happens now, when there's like an anthology horror thing, they just make it a TV series. You or know? they make it like three separate movies, four yeah. separate mm. movies. Because I guess you could say the new Halloween fr- franchise, if you want to call it that, is technically, I guess, an anthology, because it's three separate parts. It's one continuous mm. story told over, like, what, a three-day like three span? First two, yeah, the first, first two were back to back, and then yeah. the other one like the, 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 the Halloween ends is four years later. Four years, that's right. But after night one, I mean, where with the you know the first two movies, yeah, the first two movies. So I, I guess you could still because it still tells the same story. It, it follows, like continuity wise, it follows all three to the end. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could consider that. I, I would still say predominantly outside of the Corey Cunningham aspect, like it was still about Michael, though. Yeah. So it kind of led, fair. you know. Um, I mean, I see what you mean because it is kind of like a different, like. Uh, also, can we just get one giant master cut of that? And it's all three movies put together. <laughs> just no, it, no, no, like ending because really. The first one ends. It picks up right at the beginning of two, basically. That's the did same you ever? Did you ever make your case about Halloween series. ends? Did you ever say why you are going to stand your ground about it? I think I did on my solo episode. Yeah, I think he did. You, you talked it. We talked about it for a very long time, and how I'm the basically the head member of the Corey Cunningham fan club. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> Colton, did you see Halloween ends? Uh, no, not yet. I gotta okay. sit down and watch it. 
So there's really one Halloween I want to sit down and watch, and I want to go watch the first Rob Zombie one because I heard that one was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. The Rob Zombies are they're like their own thing, kind of. But well, the first one, the first one felt to me like a very much uh, a Halloween film. The second one is a continuation of that, but it also feels. More Rob Zombified than It was the first its one. own thing, though, the first Rob one, because it was like a backstory to Michael, and you never got that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It felt, but it felt like a Halloween movie to me. Well, so the second one felt a little different. Michael's backstory. Yeah, that one was more like fledged out, though, because they, they, they like actually showed all that shit. They're like, yeah. oh, here's him as a kid and all the fucked up mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, in a way, I kind of thought that was. It was cool, more grounded in reality. Yeah, it was. It was like honest. him cutting up fucking animals and doing different bullshit yeah. that like a serial killer would do. Trying to be that different with your take on the your Halloween was at least admirable. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, fuck that! I don't want to see the backstory to him. I just wanted to be a faceless evil." They don't have to watch it. Exactly. But I don't know. I it's like what we were talking about earlier before we went on air. Is like I. I'm 100% glad the alternative exists. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a bad thing that somebody made a take, especially a big fan of horror. Like, I don't think that Zombie meant any harm making that. I think, if anything, he wanted to pay homage to the original Halloween, but he also wanted to make his own film. Because, here's the thing, why would you copy and paste it whenever you know it's not going to be the same movie? Yeah. So, the alternative to that is to make something that you like but make it a lot different which is what he did Mm -hmm. it wasn't perfect i mean most of these films are not necessarily perfect anyway but i respect and love like i love the you know brutality to some extent of like of the film because it was just so different than the the original in a lot of ways right so i mean i think I think it plays great as like a horror film in general, and for a long time I was like, "That's one of my favorite horror movies like out there." Because I mean, it's this character that everybody kind of knows and loves, or like will pay to come see Michael Myers, but it's not the same exact that once existed whenever John Carpenter made his movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It was, uh, and once again, like I think I don't think there's anything bad about there being another version of it, like another alternative. I would much rather have seen it done again and done differently than done again and just be a complete failure because it's there's no way it's going to be the original anyway. Right. So at least it exists knowing that it's not the same movie, mm-hmm. but he took it in another direction. Yeah. You know and I mean? mean, and I think that's where maybe like some new fans of the series or whatever could come in. And not even watch the original Halloween. Yeah. And go straight to the Rob Zombie. I'm sure a lot of people saw that. Like, I'm not saying a lot, like, the majority or anything, but I'm sure a lot of people, that was their impression of Michael Myers was his movie. Yeah, that's, you know, there's probably a good amount of people that have done that, and they probably have never seen the original. Yeah. And it's like, that's totally fair, too. Like, if you saw Rob Zombie's original interpretation of it before the original John Carpenter Master of Horror... It's like, that's totally fair, too. Now, I would highly advise if you haven't, like, seen the original, go watch the original. Fan-fucking-tastic. Everything goes back, me and Jason were talking about that at work, like, no matter what you kind of look at, everything goes back to that original idea, and 
Michael, like, just about that night in the original film, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's all rooted and all stems off of that, whether it's the new series, whether the, like, even in 4, 5, and 6, which was a departure from the Laurie Strode story, would not have happened if the original hadn't happened, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it would not have, they tried to tie a lot of it off of that. Um, So, I mean, it'll always, like, have its place because... If it hadn't been successful, we would never have gotten anything else. You know what I mean? But that doesn't always mean that the original is the most entertaining part of the story because there's a lot of series I don't think that about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in horror, the first isn't always the best when it comes to a lot of these franchises. Yeah. Which, something, uh, ironically, Alex pointed out, uh, is who taught Michael to drive? Yeah, that's always something that's brought up. It's like, how, like... Yeah. The dude has been locked up since he was six. Yeah. And why the fuck is he just riding around in the car he, all night? He steals it. Like, he has some issues when he first takes off. But then you see him in, like, one of the next scenes. And if you look in the background, he's sitting at the light before he, like, cre- like creeps by. He literally looks left, looks right, and then pulls out. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I thought it was kind of silly that he drove <laughs> in the first one, to be honest, in the first place. I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, it was a little strange. Yeah. Right? He's probably watched everybody else do it, and he's just like mastered it so fucking quick. But at the same time, it, that was before the franchise turned into like everybody doing that slow power walk. That like, yeah. At the time, he was just an escapee. He was still more human. Mm-hmm. It was well because at that point he they hadn't brought in the whole cult aspect and yeah. done Six. all of that. Yeah. Well, he kind of was, but also, like, I would say he was human in Zombies films, but he was kind of presented like he was an evil entity in the originals that just couldn't be stopped. So, like... In the original original, though, I think he's saying, like, that was before a lot of the slashers... Yeah. To where, like, then, at that point, he wasn't seen as, like, a slasher villain as much as he was just seen as, like, an escape Especially in the first patient. half. Mm. Especially in the first half of that movie. The whole dark entity, yeah, but it was more of just, like, not there that that was all he, like, focused on type thing. Mm-hmm. And as the franchise went on, it became more, like, I guess really at the end of one. When Loomis shoots him a bunch off the balcony mm-hmm. and he somehow survives. Yeah. They kind of exploit that. kind of when it becomes superhuman. Yeah. They kind of turn it more supernatural at that point, And then as the franchise went on, they just completely leaned He just it. had superpowers beyond. Yeah. Or not necessarily even power, but just he couldn't be stopped. Yeah. To or where he was like, very inhuman. The very because he was very thing. much more human in zombies, I feel like, to, an, yeah. to a lot of extent. My biggest gripe with the zombies is like, okay, normal person turned serial killer. Zombies is like, so we're going to take this 6'8 motherfucker that's swole as can be, that's oh, just going to tear people apart the whole time. And I'm like, this automatically just feels more supernatural, like, superhero-y from the beginning. But I don't know. That, that's my main gripe. It's just like, I don't know, Michael, for like the first like two movies, until like I guess the end of, end of two, really, he's seen more like... A normal sized human, normal sized male, mm-hmm. and then in this one they're like, "No, six eight X pro wrestler. This Insane is what we're going for." Bitch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he wanted like that unstoppable, like hulking force. Exactly. And it was like that. That made more sense to lean into the supernatural then. But then they're like, and the zombie was like, "No, we're just gonna make him a fucking super mutant at this point." 
But yeah, that was the most humanized version of yeah. Michael And Myers. if he was going to be unstoppable in, in a ground and reality sense, he would have to be probably a big motherfucker that just would not yeah. take anybody's bullshit. You know what I mean? But um, I was going to say, there, were, there was a few things, obviously. Like, you know, like I said, it's not like it was presented perfectly or whatever, but like it's there's little things that you're going to pick apart anyways the more you watch it. Yeah. But one of the things me and I talked about with Jason, too, is just, like, whenever he, like, kills, um, maybe it was Linda's boyfriend in Zombies version, uh, when they were in the old Myers house, and, like, she's like, give me a beer. And, like, her boyfriend probably, like, 5'10", 6 foot, 6 one, yeah. something like that. And then he comes back, and he's 6'8", and he's got the beer... Yeah. And she just doesn't think anything about it. She's like, well, hand me the beer. You know? Well, I mean, same, you, you know. have that same argument, too. Whenever the, uh, whatever, what's her name, sitting on the end of the, uh, the hydrotherapy tub. And she's, like, kissing all over his hand, holding yeah. his hand. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you're not going to tell me that that hand doesn't feel completely different to the hand that was just all over you, like, two minutes prior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she started, like, gnawing on it. And she's yeah. like, that. It's gonna be way more rough and shit, yeah, it's gonna dirty be all... and big, and like, yeah. how the fuck would you not know? These people, man, they don't. They just they're fucking oblivious in all these horror movies. They just oh yeah, that's when you look at everything. Like, you deserve it them. at this point. You, 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 you're just that far not paying attention. You deserve it. <laughs> well, they're breaking the rules. That's what they're doing. Yeah, all the slasher rules. Yeah, exactly. You gotta abide by the rules. What do you know? think about the horror uh, anthology question, Colton? You know, now, both... that, now that we're honestly talking about it, I will say the horror anthology is probably underrated, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck. I would love to just never bring a movie like fucking Snoop Dogg's whatever to the fucking people again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I never, I never realized it. how bad of ratings that got. But I mean, you expected it to have better ratings than that? Yeah, it's a Snoop Dogg. What is it? <laughs> Snoop Dogg's good of or something? Listen, I wasn't expecting anything great. I was not expecting... You were talking like it had okay ratings. Like, He's like, this thing's probably got like a 72 on the Cotton Tomatoes. No, it's on 98. It's a good movie, you know? I give it a decent, like, maybe 30 to 50 percent. You know? I give it that mm. range. It's mm. horror movies. It's hard for horror like... movies to get over with critics anyways. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... It what was did like... IMDb have? Which is fan... Which is fan... 4.1. So that is in between there. And then, yeah. uh... It, I don't think it ranked much higher than uh, American Psycho 2. I think it was but you got to think most of the 3. time, 7. not all the time, but most of the time, the audience has a better reception to most things than the critics do. Yeah, yeah, I will say that. I will say there are a lot of things that critics will put out anymore and say one thing about something, but then I mm-hmm. go and see it, or like it'll be a video game, I go and play it, and it's like I have a totally different opinion of it. And it's like I sit there and I think, man, these fucking critics don't know jack well, shit. Well, and what's goofy about that is just like, not that the mass can't be wrong. We know that yeah. from everyday life. The mass can be wrong about a lot of fucking things. Oh, but yeah. like, it seems like the amount of money your movie makes, the amount of the reception it gets from the actual people that go to see it mm-hmm. should matter more than what these 300 people think. I don't give a shit if they've seen 10,000 movies or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it just, just like yeah, if it's making a profit and it gets a fan base, yeah. that's really what that, matters. That, and right? it is I because mean. that's gonna what's gonna justify if it gets a sequel or not. Not if these hundred to three hundred people love it or hate it. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, look at how bad uh, Halloween 3 tanked when it debuted. And now it's like cool classic. It's got this massive following. But at the yeah, time, yeah. it was bad. Sometimes, now, it's, now it's one of like, it's not the lowest ranked Halloween movie anymore. And it mm-hmm. was for the longest time. Some, so sometimes things, and this is what I'll say too, like we, me and Elijah have talked about this too, is like sometimes it just takes, and not just horror, but really any genre. But I mean, since we're talking about horror, but sometimes things just need to sit for a while before you really, because sometimes we know this to be true in everyday life. Like your initial reaction might be harsh, but then you, you think about something later and you're like, wow, I was a little, maybe I was a little too critical of that. Or maybe I praised that too much. And now that it's sat for a while, I don't feel the same about it. You know what I mean? Um, so sometimes things just need a little bit of, of sit time to see how they age. Because you might have a great reaction to it at first. Or, likewise, you might have a terror. You might be like, that was a piece of shit. And then you like go back and rewatch it. And you're like, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I was being a little harsh. Mm, I don't know. I, I, think that, I think that might be total opposite of what I say about my movie. Oh, boy. Uh... I'm just speaking in general. Man. Uh, what were we talking about? The, we were talking about the... Anthologies. The anthology, anthologies. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't know. Critically, I just don't always... Obviously, I don't always agree with them. But, it, like, I will say, though, whenever I look... Whenever I'm trying to introduce new horror movies to the list, yeah. quote-unquote, uh, like, I'll look up what the critics, what the audience said about it overall, like the Rotten Tomatoes mis- mixed with the audience review. And I'm not always going to base it off that... But if, like, it's got a 9% with critics and, like, a 30 with audience, I'm like, I should probably stray away from that because it's probably yeah. not that great. Yeah. Nah, that is when you turn on just to sit back and watch unfold. Yeah, but I kind of do. There's occasionally times where I will do that. It's yeah. not all that often, but sometimes yeah. if I see something, it's just it's incredibly just... shat on, but mm. almost to a point where people are like, this is so bad, it's almost funny. I'm like, oh, mm. fuck, I got... Maybe I want to see what this is all about. It's almost like you got to roll the There dice. are things that I thought would be funny, though, that were ranked shitty that I was just like, yeah, that I couldn't even... And, like, it's not common for me to turn something off if I really... But if I'm like, I, if I can't get past the first 10 or 20 minutes, I'm like, this is just really... This is just not worth the time. You know a movie's bad whenever you fast forward... You're, like, fast forwarding to the very end just so it's not in your queue anymore on the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just want to get oh, this yeah. thing the fuck out of here. Well, one that... In that sense, uh, my one of my you know, quote unquote favorite movies, uh, Ghost Ship. Can't stand this fucking movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 15, IMDb has it as a 5.6 out of 10. And that's that's what it's, oh, honestly higher on IMDb than I would have figured. Yes. I That movie has one great scene, and it's the cold open. Yeah, you that's what Ghost everybody Ghost says. Ship. They say the cold open... Of ghost ship is fantastic, With and the then it's just wire that whips, down yeah, over. cuts them all in half. Yeah, and then the movie starts, and you're like, "This is what's following that up." Yeah, like, hold on, what? I've seen the cold open for that. That is fucking wild. I've watched just the cold open a couple times. It'll be, it'll be starting on TV. Minute cold opens over, change the channel. <laughs> you know, I think I've done that exact same thing too. I've made it this this se- this season without seeing it. It's on um, tonight a couple times. Not watching it. I'm gonna make it this year without fucking seeing Ghost Ship once. Mm. But last year, I think I saw it four or five times. Just just oh turning on that's AMC. I, that's what you just said it was yeah, on all the time. It was wow. because it would be it's like literally. yeah, just turn on AMC and they would run it like twice a day, like three four days straight. And I'm just like, why? 
Did you guys buy the rights to this? This we need like this like need to like get it on that much to make the money back. Yeah, <laughs> you're like here. Just yeah, keep playing. What it was? We're like one of the head runners of AMC's, like a big fan. He's like, this is my like, favorite movie of all time. We need, to put, we need to run this all October. Um, do you guys want to bring up your uh, good, the bad, and the shits next? One of you guys? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter who we bounce between next. I just figure we should. I guess we may as well get mine done though. With what about a uh, possession, like you know, haunting movies, shit like that. Like the now, act- possession, you because like it does cover different bases, but like, do you mean in the term in terms of like, let's say like if there's like an exorcism at some point in the movie? Yeah. Because there's certain ones that don't have that, but there are a lot of films that at some point they're like going back to the drawing board of like, oh, there's gonna be an exorcism in this. Yeah. And shit like that, because like. I feel like every. I don't think it's necessarily fair to put every possessional movie into a term like into like into like those terms because they're not all the same in that sense. But they're a lot of them that have an exorcism at a point are alike. Yeah, are somewhat similar at least. But But, all of them that somebody's possessed by something aren't necessarily all the same. Yeah. But a lot of times when there's an exorcism, they're similar. Yeah. So I mean. I guess this is where I'm gonna like start scorching the earth here. Yeah, right let's here. let's get into the extra. That's we go down that. Or, yeah, is your yeah? I'm, I okay. want to just bring up the Exorcist real quick. Okay. okay, I have been hyped up to this movie and have been told this is like one of the scariest movies out there and blah blah blah. And I heard it and I was like, you know what? Fine, I have some time to myself. I'm gonna sit down and I watch this movie. I think I was sitting in my truck at one point. Lights were off, so and it was dark outside too. So I was just pitch black in my truck, just watching this movie. I was sitting there watching it, and I was so fucking confused as to how we got to some points in some way, shape, or form. I'm like, I, I don't know how we're getting here, but all right, cool, I'll let it play out. And then I sat there, and then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, it's around her birthday. She's turning twelve. Oh, she's becoming a teenager. She's now becoming a demonic monster. And I'm like, all right. I sat here and I'm like, all right. I feel a little offended that I know this now. It's like, we got about an hour left for me to sell me on this movie. There was a scene that I had watched in this movie. And has anybody seen the fucking MRI scene in that movie? Yes. Oh my God. How the fuck were you guys able to sit through that? Any, they, like, I had to sit there, and I had to, like, I was letting the fucking scene play, and I had to fucking shield my eyes. I'm like, alright, I'm gonna let it go. I'm like, just let me know when y'all are done. Otherwise, I'm gonna be back here. And I'm, oh my god, that was just, ugh. But, I think it's overrated. Like, the Exorcist movie, 1973, I'm willing to say is overrated, in my opinion. Is that your topic, that movie? Yeah, because okay. I had that movie hyped up to me so fucking much, and I was That's just That's a little like, easier to, to assess. Yeah, it was just like... Well, man. you gotta think, though, when you say... Like, you can't go into it being like, this is gonna be the scariest movie I've ever watched, because it is now... It's 50 years old. Yeah, I mean... You know, we've seen... There's so much in your face, like... Like, holy fuck scary things yeah. now that are going to get you to the bone more than The Exorcist will. Yeah. But if you think about it for the time it was released in 1973, the shit was shocking. 
most people you say that see that say it was like the scariest thing they've ever seen probably saw it within what the first fifteen years it came out. Yeah, when so it was before, it wasn't like, as much horror out there. Yeah, you know, man, am I already the. <laughs> it's like a, really a minute 13 discussion and he turns on it <laughs> he's like fuck I don't know like maybe I'm being a bit harsh on it but I mean no man, I mean I, your opinions I, your I opinion I sat there and I watched it and I was just do I, I think it's really good yes do I think it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time like it's highly regarded it's not that high on my list I respect it as one of the best of all time yeah it's, it's maybe not. It's not personally like in my top twenty or anything. Exactly. Like that, but like, I know where it, where it it's stands definitely on the a classic. List, but it's not there on my list. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right, then I then I guess that would probably be like my stance on it. Like, I'm not as big into like possession movies, so I feel like possession movies hey, are kind of. We got one good thing out of Exorcist. Does anybody know what that is? It's a big influence on somebody in the wrestling world. What? Danhausen. <laughs> oh. It is a big influence. The position makeup is a big influence on the Danhausen. Oh, because of the you know okay. if you look at it, yeah, yeah. Exorcist, oh, you know yeah. that's yeah. fucking funny. Because like I was actually sitting down and watching it, and I saw that, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm like, that is a big influence. I'm on like, wait, about that from time I, to time. I sat there and I was watching it, and again, this was I was in fucking pitch black darkness, and I was watching it, and I saw that happen. I'm like. Wait, I'm like, how come Danhausen's popping up in this movie? What the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, man, I must be really be on some shit now. In that in that context, I would probably just probably give it a fair rating. I would because, say fair yeah. as well, yeah. Because for what it was and what it brought to the table, in its time, more specifically, yeah. is respectable, but... Like, we've evolved I also don't think it's then. necessarily fair. Some of them probably should be a little more creative than they are, but I don't necessarily think it's fair to like judge every movie that involves possession slash exorcism or, or something about the church or about uh, casting out demons is the same way because the original exorcist was the original exorcist, so like it's kind of hard... It was it's the kind very of hard. first of its kind. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was the first. So, like, if it's only compared to that the whole time, you're only going to see it through that lens like nothing else can be a departure from that. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't true, because there are a lot of other things that have nothing to do with that that are possession movies. Then I guess that would maybe, like, open up the avenue for me to, like, go maybe watch other possession movies of the 70s and maybe compare it to, say, something Whatever like... Whatever you do, don't watch Exorcist Believer. It is not no, it was Exorcist to the Heretic. Yeah, I, I, so you know, I, I, think I, I think it's fair, but I just I don't think it's the three. I don't think it's fair because I don't think it was like a piece of shit by any. Like, well, I mean, the original obviously was not, but it would just it was. Here's here's the reason I think it's fair. Mostly, is because it was a very important piece of cinema for when it fucking came for out. Time. But it doesn't. But it doesn't mean. Yeah. That it's by any means the greatest, like necessarily possession movie or film in general or yeah. horror movie mm-hmm. or the most exciting or whatever. It had a great slow burn and build, and it like delivered at the moments it needed to. Obviously, still better than the fucking new one. Yeah. But 
I wouldn't put it over in the sense that I would be like, I've never seen anything like that. It fucking blew my mind. Granted, we grew up when we grew up, and they did when they exactly. did. So, yeah. like, yeah. but at the same time, I, I think it's a fair predominantly because it had a really important place when it came out. But I don't think that that's, it's so good to where it should be the benchmark to which everything is compared for the rest of history of time. At some point, it's time to fucking move on. Mm-hmm. It's been 50 fucking years. It's time to look at things differently than the same lens everybody's ever viewed. Well, it's going to lose that scare factor anyways over time because, like, you know, you think about the movies nowadays that are even 90 years old to us, you know, is Dracula, Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. The Invisible Man, The Mummy, shit like that. And that's where a lot of it started. None of that is scary to us, you know? But, like, we respect it as classic cinema and, like, where everything started. So it's like... That'll eventually be what The Exorcist is, but it like at its time when it came out, it I can definitely see how it would be fucking shocking yeah. to to people in 1973. You know? I feel like one of these days we're we're gonna get to the last leg of because we're in the nostalgia era. Me and you talked about this. Uh-huh. We're in the nostalgia era. If you look at everything. You look at, like, all the people they've brought back in, in wrestling, in movies, and, like, not just horror movies, but, like, superhero stuff and everything. When that leg runs out, when the nostalgia is no longer what people are really paying to see again, because a lot of our generation put their fucking money into, like, the original content we saw, like, when we were kids, but eventually that nostalgia leg is going to run out, and it's going to be like, okay, we've seen our favorite people back and our favorite stories revisited, You've got to show us some original shit again. Yeah. You have to. It's because that's eventually going to happen, and it's going to tire out. I hate to even say it because growing up, I was just like, I would kill to see this person back again. I would love to see this story revisited again. Yeah. And we finally, after all these years and in multiple decades, got that. It still is like, it's 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 gonna run its course after a while. Now, Saw 10, and not to, like, fucking kiss its ass too much, but, like, we talked about that. It did it right. It revisited yeah. that in, in a right way because they went back to the drawing board, but they also showed, like, showed us something we'd never seen before. Once again, not that it was perfect, but they just, but they did a lot of it right. And it can still be done right. I'm not saying, like, I'm tired of it because there's some, there's some aspects to where it's, I think the important thing is, is, like, you know, reinventing yourself, just like with anything, as long as you're showing us. But the fact of, you should buy this because we're bringing this guy back, or this girl back, or whoever, that's going to grow tired, because if you don't show us something we've never seen, or really impress us somehow, we're going to get sick of it. And, And honestly, even worse than that, not just not caring, if we grow to resent the thing we once loved, that's even worse than anything else that could happen. Yeah. By them running it into the fucking ground. Yeah. And I don't want that because I want to I want my love to at least be uh reminiscent of what we had before or like or at least respect, you know what I'm saying? I I don't want to like lose that. Mm-hmm. But it's just when they become so but the whole problem is everybody's found that the branding has just worked for so long and they're like as long as we slap this on it, people will come to go see it. But you're going to make people you're going to make people hate and resent some of these brands that, you know, that people always came back to watch whenever you fucking run them into the ground over and over and over and over. 
That's why they had to take a break on all these slasher franchises and shit, mm-hmm, too. It's yeah. like, okay, you know, we've made nine or ten of these or whatever. It's like, we need to chill. It's, so, I don't know. I just, originality doesn't get old, so I don't understand why that's such a hard thing to wrap your head around. I get the business aspect of going back to the thing you love because it's a recognizable brand or entity or franchise or whatever. It draws money. But yeah. studios don't got... want to greenlight original ideas no, anymore. Because they don't they know, know if it's going to be successful. They know a remake will draw money. So it's, it's, it, it's still up to the people to decide if this is fucking worth putting their time and investment to. And the more sequels or prequels or whatever that we see that disappoint us or reboots, eventually they're going to get the message that it's time to fucking move on. And like, I don't want it to get to such a stale point to where that has to happen. That's why I still really respect the directors and people that take chances and make original shit. You know what I mean? I think more directors really would, and more writers really would, if they were given the opportunity to. But they would, like, but those are not the people with money. Yeah, like New Line and Universal and Miramax and all the and Lionsgate mm-hmm. and all these companies that release these, they're the ones that say what gets made and what doesn't. You know? It's it's really the most original stuff we see is the streaming services that make the originals. That's the most original yeah. stuff we see yeah. now. Shutter's been killing it with the originals. Yeah, and and even Netflix is still popping out original yeah, films yeah, and yeah. movies and stuff that's just great. But these Peacock studios that are all time classics, quote unquote, are kind of dragging the same old bullshit through the mud. Yeah, over and over and over and I over. I mean, I'm not gonna lie and act like I'm not a cheap fan that's gonna fucking pop at some of the stuff. Oh no, I, I, I love bringing this, but it's like. After a while, it's like, man, all we're getting is this. It gets tiring. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I mean, we can eat our words on this too because we pay over and over and over and over for it sometimes still. But it's it's just, I'll say it before it gets to that point because eventually we're going to get to the last leg of nostalgia where it's just going to run out and it's just going to be... I just don't want to resent the things that I fucking used to have such a love for because I can already feel it having lessened from what it was and I'm like I don't want that mm. you know what I mean in certain aspects in certain in certain franchises yeah. probably more than others um but that's the beauty of it is there's, there's always content to consume so maybe it's just a lack of venturing out you know what I mean yeah. too mm-hmm. that could be possible too cuz there's always stuff that's undiscovered you couldn't spend if you spent every minute of your every day watching stuff you couldn't even nearly consume all the stuff you that's out there exactly so, it could just be what you fucking bring in, you know, what you take in all the time. But, uh, I have one, if we're moved on from the extras. What did everybody say about that? You said fair. You said fair. fair. Yeah. Okay. yeah, everybody's fair, and I'm, I'm one that's dying on the hill saying that's overrated. But. Uh, what do you guys think of, because we talked about, like, the slashers in general earlier about Freddy, Jason, Michael, and like, you know, the stars of the show. Fred J. and Mike? You know Fred J. Mike, those boys <laughs> took it to a whole new level. <laughs> but, what do we think of, so, I mean, those are the stars of the show, but what do we think of the importance of a strong, supporting cast in a slasher film? It needs to have a good final girl. Otherwise, That's really the most important part. Yeah. Is She can have real dubby, dumb friends. Yeah. That are meaningless characters, but if that final person—if you don't care about the protagonist, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. Sometimes you can get away with it in a horror film because 
I mean, if I'm just sitting back, kicking back, and flipping something on, expect, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to watch a Friday the 13th or something, I'm watching it for Jason, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't necessarily always give a fuck about the, <laughs> the rest of the yeah. I'm just like, oh, I want to see Jason come, like, come in here at some point. But it, it is nice, like, you get brownie points in a movie if you have a final girl that you're like, you can get behind. You, like, yeah. actually find yourself rooting for, you mm-hmm. know? Because, like you said, it's nice for any of the slashers, like, you want to see the body count padded. That's why you're there. So, exactly. like, oh, yeah, kill yeah. off all these dopey idiots. And then, like, cheer for the final girl at the end. Exactly. You know? Yep. The one that always gets me is Behind the Mask. The Leslie Vernon one. Where you think you've, you're seeing the final girl the whole time. And she yep. get to what? The what a great swerve. Half hour. What a great And swerve. she realizes that it's her and yep. not the person they have been stalking for the last however many months. Mm-hmm. Brought her out there. Uh-huh. It was or a great fourth wall breaker. Because, like, they were doing the doc about him, but she didn't realize she was inside of it. Yeah. And she was the one who was about the whole time. And, like... Uh-huh. And that was such a different movie. a doc into a movie. Yeah, for the yeah. last, like, yeah. half hour. It was, it was definitely, like... See, that shit was original. And, like, it took into consideration, like, Freddie J. Mock. Like, <laughs> that, that was all, they were all, like, real in their world. Yeah. Like, they were real. Like, this, all all these guys and shit. But, like. Even people out of the costumes, because the show came hotter in Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. But there's, but there's some with, like, you know, really strong um, supporting cast. Like, I think that that's. Yeah, I agree that you don't always need it, but it's just like, I don't know. I think it's. I don't think there's anything wrong with having strong characters to get behind because yeah, if it's yeah. all you, about you either need if it's good... all about the, the the main guy or the slasher or the whoever, it's up to then it's entirely up to the writers and the then they've got to be more creative because it's you've got to show show that if you're not going to be able to get behind the protagonist, mm-hmm. you've got to show again and again and again and again something you've never seen before yeah. because otherwise it's gonna be muddling through the same... Really build your villain. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be muddling through the same fucking shit over and over and over and over. You know, you got to show something that you've never seen before. It's like, you need a good final girl or good... What do do they call Wes's character, Doctor, whatever? What do they call him in uh, Behind the Mask? Because it's it's essentially Loomis. Uh, An Ahab? Ahab. Yeah. Yeah. You you need a good you need a good final girl. Then you either, you either need that or a good strong like secondary character that just keeps coming back. Oh yeah, that is to, just to chasing him down. The bad guy. Yeah, yeah. the good versus the evil. Because even if the bad guy Dr. becomes because even if the bad guy <laughs> yeah. becomes the star of the show, it still doesn't make him the protagonist. Exactly. It just makes him the main person. Yeah. So. And honestly, the the interesting part about that is the final girl sometimes becomes the Ahab as the series goes on. Like yeah. Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, she becomes the Ahab, you know, where she yeah. like kind of comes back for him. And same, I mean, I guess the same could be kind of said for Sydney. Like she's sort of the victim, but also sort of the Ahab. I feel like eventually she's not even the kryptonite to the bad guy. Yeah, because she's never. like fucking co- like eventually she's yeah. honestly like come at me. Like I'm I feel tired like, of this I feel shit. like it's more Dewey than anything. Yeah, he's the one. But that's Dewey's constantly... always just like he's he, he's, he's always never the, the one, one getting the job down. Now. Yeah, <laughs> it always ends up as Gale and Sydney. But when Dewey fucked Luma, up, Loomis never really 
towards him, except for I guess at the end of two when he blows the room up. He does, but he always he's the one person that Michael like Michael just kill everybody, but he's the one person that Michael always like stops. He drops at least for a minute or two. Yeah. He always drops the knife. He always like pays attention. He always listens. Like he he hooks him and he derails him, and nobody else can do that. Yeah. Like he always stops him. Like you know, somehow, some way or another, because he's got that history with him. He's got that connection to him. Yeah. So, like, in, in the other thing is, he never, ever usually, I guess zombie second one's kind of like uh, uh, an exception, but they all kind of die, depending on which version you watch. Yeah. But he never really kills him. You know what I'm saying? He never, he never, I guess they do show it in six, too, but they don't really even show it. It's, it's also because Donald Pleasance didn't get to film the final yeah. stuff because he died, like, basically filming that movie or stuff, like, as, you know, as they were finishing it and stuff. Um, but he doesn't really kill Loomis on screen ever. Yeah. Because they keep bringing Loomis back again and again and again and again to thwart Michael or to to off-put him, to yeah. offset him, to just, to, to be that guy, you know? So... I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think, honestly, though, a good... If you have a good supporting cast, like, even... Beyond the final girl, if the other characters that, you know, mm-hmm. will probably end up dying, if they're at least interesting enough to where you're invested when they're still on the screen, mm-hmm. like... You're not like that's why I said supporting already. cast yeah, and not that's final... That's kind of important. And that's why I said supporting cast and not final girl, because some of them have multiple characters, yeah. not just the final girl, not just the one person. Yeah. They're usually pretty etched out, though, like... There's a lot of times in horror movies, there's either... The really bitchy girl or the really dickhead guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean... And at least in, like, a teen group, like a slasher movie, there's always a character that's very unlikable. There was one horror movie that, like, I could maybe go against with that, and there's this movie that's on Shudder called uh, Chopping Wall. Anybody ever seen it? No. I've heard of it, okay, but I haven't seen it. Okay, does it have a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes like your last movie? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't really know where this one sits at. Like, it was actually a good, a really good movie. Uh, it was based on, like, uh, a group of kids, like, getting locked up in a mall, and they decided to have a party there, and they had, and uh, the mall just installed, like, these new security robots. Yeah. But, I mean, I holy shit, these things, like, <laughs> you want to talk about fucking Thunder Tanks bullshit right here. Oh, my God. But, uh, the dickhead guy actually got killed, I think, like, halfway, three-quarters into, like, the final fight. Uh, it was, like, the nice dude that, like, didn't want to deal with any of this shit, and then, like, his girlfriend, I think, made it out. So, I mean, there are some times where the dickhead guy eventually gets it, but, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, they usually always get it, but there's always a character in there that you're, like... Oh my god, fuck this person. The, uh, that's almost House of Wax. Make it entertaining. House of Wax, her brother was the dick, and he didn't die. But he he turned, but that was kind of different because he turned throughout well, the movie. You know? But he, he had was the dickhead. Yeah. yeah he was yeah. the dickhead, though. But that that was because nobody else cool about that nobody movie else is, was. He he kind of arced into being the hero, you know, which mm. was it was different. Um But there's that. Uh, I so would say guys, I would say it's a little underrated, think? maybe. A strong supporting cast, and that's in the important thing in a slasher film, not possession, not anything else, slasher, but a slasher, which are like more of a 
cookie cutter in a sense. I feel like it's movie. because you need it because without it, yeah. What's your point? I think it's I think it's underrated because I don't I think there's say. anything. There's only positives to be had from being invested in more than one character. Yeah, that's fundamentally yeah. that's why. Most the like because most slasher movies and I love them, but like a lot of times most the focus does go on the villain and the final girl. Yeah, and a lot of the supporting cast kind of just falls to the back and adds to the body count. You know, if there is a final girl, a lot of times, like you point out, Friday Thirteenth, he kills everybody potentially. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. It, the beginning, everybody dies. Yeah, like, it happens occasionally. But yeah. I think it's. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Colton? I think it's. I mean, it's absolutely needed because if you have a killer and you don't really give him a reason to like go kill anybody, if you don't have somebody combating him, I feel like it's. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of, you just kind of like have him there, and it's just like, what's he doing? Like, you know, is he going mm-hmm. to the fucking grocery store? Getting, He's know, just. I'm just trying to mind my own business. These fuckers keep showing up. That's another face. Kind of funny. That's another face in the original. The original is, yeah. Massacre. They showed up at his house. That's yeah. literally what Toby Hooper had said in an interview. He's like, "This is a." Ba- He's like, I tried to represent. This is a very bad day for Leatherface. He's like, he's just yeah. trying. He's just trying to chill, and people keep walking up in his house. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's no, like, where true. are these people coming from? It's well, and like they just they, they like knock, and nobody answers. They just come in. It's like you just walk into somebody's house like that. Yeah. So I mean, you you I'll gotta around find out. <laughs> you gotta you gotta give reason for it. So I mean, especially in rural Texas. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get. You gotta give reason for it. If they're just, if the killer's just there for just no fucking reason, then what are you doing? So mm-hmm. I mean, they're all. There has to absolutely be a good supporting cast for this. I mean, you you couldn't have done, say, Scream without a good supporting cast. No. Yeah. No. I mean, just fuck, man. Because I mean, that was one. That, that was one of those that we discussed to where, you know. Not only is there a good supporting cast, but there's also, like, weaning people into it to where it's like, you know, who really is donning the mask and committing the kills. Mm-hmm. So, And honestly, like, it's easier to do that when you have legacy characters that keep on telling the story mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. Not, because if it was somebody, it was a new group of people every time and there were new killers every time, yeah. then what would one have to do with the other? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? What would anybody give a shit? Like, yeah, this happened 20 years ago, but none of those people are around now. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so, I you mean, gotta it's, have... That's yeah. almost important. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you do it right, the supporting cast, or at least a couple of them, should in ways add to the lore of the villain. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that. that was like, they weren't even necessarily some of my favorites by any means, but like, that's why I gave a pretty big nod to Terrifier 2 was because there was more lore added to art and, like, Sienna and her brother and stuff, like, they sort of helped add more to art, yeah. you know? Like, they added yeah. into the story, too. How about that sexy doctor, though? Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's he is the, he credits, is yeah. Cody, did you, have, uh, did you have one you were going to throw out there? Uh, yeah. The, what about the horror parodies? It's like your, your scary movies. Are they overrated, underrated? Because at first they were great. The first couple scary yeah. movies I think were good. And then it's like, 
how far can we run this into the ground trying to make mm-hmm. this work? Do you think we're maybe due for another scary movie? Maybe maybe not scary. But see, movie. Shaw of the Dead was a tremendous parody. It was like, yeah, oh, Shaw of the Dead was great. And, and I mean, it was still like it was horror, but like. I mean, let's be frank, it was for sure a parody of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. You don't call it Shaun of the Dead without there being a Dawn of the Dead yeah. first. Yeah. So, I mean, like, not even, like, Cookie Cutter scary movie, like, mm-hmm. re- remakes, but something like that. Do you think it's time to maybe do at least one or two more? Not saying well, everybody did, What needs... was that? A few years that ago, a haunted house or whatever the fuck that was called. Wasn't there... Oh, yeah. You know what's interesting about there that? There was one not too long ago. What's interesting about the Shaun of the Dead thing is I'm pretty sure that's got a higher rating than the actual Dawn of the Dead. I think so. And that was like, that might be one of the only times in history where like the parody is what better received than like the actual movie it was being a parody of. I'm like, this is girl in the goggle. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> and they're like, oh, this one's good. Shaun of the Dead's got like a 93%. Like, that is unheard of. It is fucking wild. Yeah, I'm like, Dawn of the Dead, I, I don't want to put a number out there, because I don't know, I guess I could look it up. But it's like, I'll tell you this, it's not 90 fucking 2 or 93%. Yeah. Isn't Dawn of the Dead the uh, George A. Romero? Yeah. Yeah. The original zombie man. So, it, you know, it's like... Yeah, that is a good one. I mean, yeah, they kind of got beaten to the ground. There's definitely some really shitty ones, but there's also some pretty decent ones, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. if if it's That's done right, one. it can be it can definitely be funny. You know, I did I did watch Dawn of the Dead at one point, and I'll be honest with you, I think the first time I watched it, I may have laughed my ass off after the guy got gunned down by the police for no fucking reason. I don't know why I laughed at it. I'm like, man, you survived this entire fucking <laughs> night. And then the next fucking morning, you get blasted. So, uh, yeah. hey, Tim? No, 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 hold on. I will reiterate, because there I was talking about that. I was talking about the 04 one. What is, what is Shaun of the Dead? Because the original Dawn of the Dead is 93-90. It's 92, but I, we, I thought we were talking the original. Because um, it would make more sense to compare it off the original, not is, the remake. I actually never saw that one. But nine, but, but nine but times out audience, of ten. But that's crazy because Shaun of the Dead is almost identical to the original, too. Yeah. Pretty much identical. And but, if you think about it, Shaun of the Dead might be considered better because there was a lot, lot, lot less critics at the time of Dawn of the Dead than Shaun of the Dead. So it's harder to attain a higher rating than it was then, just like all these old movies. Yeah. I was saying you find it. Yeah. Just saying. There's a lot more people just in the industry. But kind of shit. Uh, yeah. I well, and the other reason I can't necessarily vouch is because I haven't actually seen the original. Admittance on air. I don't know if anybody. I tried to. Have you guys watched this year, dude? But it's not on like it wasn't on like anything. That's yeah. insane for a parody movie, though. Yeah. Both Should, of like ninety two, ninety three, like. The original Dawn of the Dead, I think I sat down and watched it. I knew that's what you are doing, so I was like, I'm looking it up so I can get a foot ahead on this. The original Dawn of the Dead, like, I sat down and watched it, and I mean, don't get me wrong, for what it was during that time period, because what, that movie came out in the, what, 50s, 60s, I want to say? 78. The original Dawn of the Dead came out in 78? Yeah, Night of the Living Dead. 
was it your first one? Yeah. That came out in what, 68? 69, something like that. Yeah, Sean. And then Dawn of the Dead, yeah, was 78. And then Day of the Dead was like 85 or something. Yeah, so I mean, it just... I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, if parodies can pull it off better than the originals, then I mean, hey. Yeah, it's hard to ever say that a parody is better than what it is parodying. Yeah. But it's just sometimes if you're a if you're a fan of the thing it's parodying, you can have a good time with it. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. like you because you get the jokes, you like understand why it's funny, and I mean, scary movie admittedly obviously got beaten to the ground after a while, but yeah. like, yeah, the first the first few were funny. I'd say even the first three. Scary Movie's like, gotta be, I mean, for one, if it wasn't, they wouldn't have made that many of them either. Exactly. The problem was it launched all those shitty parody. They did it epic did. movies, yeah. superhero and movies. And those weren't even Hey, horrible. hey, those, hey those you shut bad. the fuck up about superhero movies. You like superhero I did. <laughs> that is so fucking oh, stupid. I love disaster <laughs> movie. I'm about to say, the I disaster, disaster movie. movie. I watched Epic Movie. I feel like movie. Epic Movie might have been my favorite of those. I did watch ones. Epic Movie. I don't think you I don't saw like Drake Bell's was Dragonfly or whatever. I just the don't like Drake Bell, I don't think. That's fair. He's also a really shitty person. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, like, I think I only saw like the first two scary movies. Maybe I don't think I've seen anything. Like, like I forever, saw for my me. favorite scary movie line is the fucking take the take my strong hand, grab my strong hand. Yeah, that was that, is, that was great. That, that's number two. So like, yeah, that's probably where they stopped being as. Fun. Some of the parodies, yeah, some of the parodies were just bad. They were just not funny. And you're like, at a certain point, like I don't give a shit that you're making fun of this shit. It's just not funny. Yeah. And it, it's like a totally di- like a parody film is totally different than like horror comedy. Yeah. You know, because oh yeah, you can make oh, yeah. like you could say Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, well, horror cause comedy, Evil Dead Two horror comedy. In actual horror movies, they make fun of the horror stuff sometimes. Like yeah. Scream was like the original Scream, the first like, one to kind they of were, do that. They were like too. poking fun at some of the stuff that happened. Yeah, because yep. um, everything after that for the rest of the '90s was also kind of that vibe. Like Bride of Chucky was very yeah. meta too, and although New Nightmare leaned into that before Scream, but it was also yeah. by the same guy that made it. Yeah, so it was kind of his idea, no matter what way you want to look at it. Wes Craven, R.I.P. He was the fucking he was the man. Wes, yeah, him and John Carpenter, man, they mm-hmm. they ran the gambit there for a while. Mm-hmm. It was their show, and we were living in it. <laughs> yeah. One of those Wes Carpenter flicks. So, <laughs> so parody, so horror parodies then, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you guys think? What do you think, Holden? I mean, yeah, they're pretty fair. I mean, I like it's fair, because if you... I would, yeah. Like, the early ones are good, but then yeah. it's like, once they started, yeah. like, doing... All of them, and they're trying to like every time a new one would come out, they'd like. So everybody's trying to fucking jump, on up jump right on the bandwagon. Of it. Then it kind of, I felt like, got overrated. That's why I'm like, yeah. it's been long enough since we actually had a good one. Is it maybe? Yeah. I do like time. that they finally stepped away from it, though. Jesus Christ, it was beaten into the ground. Yeah, there's still like some that I are kind of released every now and then. Like I said, that a haunted house movie, and then I don't know, I. I haven't seen that one or the Boo a Medea Halloween or whatever. Yeah. I didn't watch that either. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I feel like more times than not, it's done poorly than it's done well. 
So on that aspect, I'll, I'll give it a fair because like the ones that are good mm-hmm. are highly regarded. Shaun of the Dead, the first couple scary movies, like people still talk about all those, yeah. you know. But all the bad ones kind of just fall in the background. So yeah, probably fair. And I don't think anybody's, and that's the other thing. I don't think it's, I don't think they're necessarily overrated because I don't think a whole lot of people out there out there praising the fuck out of the parodies. You know what yeah. I mean? There's maybe some of them they do enjoy because think about it. People make scary movie references a lot, but some of them were good, like we were just talking about. But you know, it doesn't mean that everyone they ever released was fantastic. Yeah. So right. I don't think that people. I don't think people are ever, you know, people just find it funny to make fun of things, obviously, so, like, they are they find entertainment in that, which, I mean, everybody does to some extent, but it's just, like, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's high and above, like, acting like it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. I think it's fair. I'm glad it's been a gap though between yeah. a lot of that because it was just it was just beat so hard into the ground. Yeah, and like scary movie twelve right now. Yeah, and yeah, and not even just those, but I think because I mean the scary movies became the became, like disaster and all, you know so it kind of like yeah. started branching out of just the scaries. Even though the scary ones probably eventually made fun of other stuff than just horror movies anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Scary Movie 4 had, like, Charlie Sheen and, like, Shaq in it. Wasn't it Mac Miller in, like, the fifth one or something like that? I don't know. How many of them did they make? I thought it stopped at four. He was in one of them. them? I'm pretty sure he was in one of them. They probably had to make five just so they could, could incorporate the V into the movie. They did. They yeah. Rule five. Yeah, I think there's technically it's one, two, three and a half, four and five. No, there's a three. One, two, three, three and a half, four and five. Yeah. I hope that got a straight to DVD release, Jesus Christ. <laughs> How do they make a three and a half and then later they decide to release a five into theaters? It literally says that? three and a half really? on the movie cover. Uh... Was it just like Jackass 2.5 and shit, where just Probably. the Blu-rays or the other ones? Yeah. So they literally did them uh, 2000, 2001, 2003, 2006, and 2013. Yeah, Mac Miller was definitely in that then. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Old scary movie. Man, maybe I need to watch some of those again. It's honestly been quite a while, but... It is the only one of the franchise to not have Anna Ferris or Regina Hall in it. That's right, Anna Ferris. That's kind of wild. She was in, she was in a lot of them. That's how, that's that's wild because she got a lot of her notoriety from parody films. Yep. Yep. Wild. It had a budget of twenty million and made seventy-eight point four million. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like some of these horror movies that. Or like major classics and stuff were made on like no budget and just made so much money. Well, here you go. This is a good one. This this shows that five. It it has the parodies listed: uh, Paranormal Activity, Black Swan, Mama, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Other films parodied are Sinister, Inception, 
Ted, only in the unrated DVD, Evil Dead, The Cabin in the Woods, Insidious, and The Help. The film also parodies the best-selling novel, Fifty Shades of Grey, and Tyler Perry's character, Medea. So even there at the end, they were fu- they were just hopping off onto... Uh, just doing other shit. Yeah. Like, we're going to do a lot of scary movies, but then also just some random shit. I love how they made fun of Medea as if Medea was supposed to be this taken seriously fucking thing. Yeah, Medea was place. already a parody of itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Medea point. was basically like Big Mama after Big Mama, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody have anything else they're going to bring to the table here, or what are we thinking? <sighs> Do you have anything else written down? The good, the bad, the shits, Colton? No. Cody? No. Elijah, what do you got? Anything? We kind of talked through everything. I kind of like everything. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of the stuff we wanted. We talked a lot of horrors. We spent a yeah. lot of time in the first in the first part. We talked a lot of horrors and shit. We did. <laughs> we talked a lot of horrors and shit up there. We did. Welcome to another episode of Horrors and Shit. Does anybody have, any, does anybody have a recommendation that they think? People really need to check out. There is a movie on Shudder, uh, Deadstream. If anybody has Shudder, watch Deadstream. It is the best, dumbest thing I've ever seen. Jason told me to watch it because Jason had seen it. Right of course after he Rock. did. Of yeah, course. he saw everything. So basically, it's a Shudder original. There's this influencer YouTuber, basically, uh, who gets canceled for the 800th fucking time. And he's trying to, like, make his way back, have a comeback. And he decides he's going to live stream from inside a haunted house for 24 hours. Well, turns out the house is actually haunted. And the whole night he's live streaming and running from the ghosts in the house. And, uh... So it's kind of like one of the... Is it, like, sort of, like, found footage shit? Like, kind of? Is it, like, Blair Witch where the camera's all movie and shit the whole time? Yeah, he's literally got, like, a GoPro attached to him. Oh, boy. I hate that style. But it's funny because it does break from it and use real camera angles, but then it'll, like, cut back to that. And it'll cut to, like, he's got cameras set up in rooms. And, like, it'll show from them. Because at one point he literally (laughs) has a chase scene with the ghost that... Is transformed into a fan of his channel to try and like lure him in, and they're fucking just running through this house like Scooby Doo chase style. And then there's another point I forget what happens, but the ghost literally tells him to do something. He goes no, and the ghost is like yes, no, yes, no, yes, <laughs> and they're just going back and forth at each other. And he's yelling at him to come out because he's locked himself in this like little tiny closet to get away from it. And they're just, like come out no. Yes! No! Yes! And they're just going back and forth. They're like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> sounds like Monday Night Raw in a nutshell. It does. Just killing precious moments of film. Yeah. Literally. Like, we want a, we want a little higher of a runtime. Let's, uh, let's do a few more no yes. Somebody actually wrote that into the script. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie is, like, it's good. But I guess it would also kind of fit under that parody. It makes fun of most of those found footage type deals. Mm. Yeah. But it's really funny and really good, and I, I laughed through most of the movie. I was looking back at my, um, yeah, I was trying to look at some on my list. I know uh, if you guys have never seen, I kind of think I probably talked it up on the last episode, but Bubba Hotep. Great, I forgot about Great that. horror comedy, man. Bruce Campbell is a decrepit Elvis. Yeah. And a dope mummy. That's what we were just talking about, not many mummy movies. That's a pretty fucking good one. 
Isn't there a... Oculus, that's another one I'd probably recommend. Take a step back. It's Elvis and who in that movie? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a there's it, a it, black it, dude that thinks that he's JFK. That's what that's... it is. I'm like, it's a president, but I'm like, which president is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's like convinced that he is at the actual JFK. And you never are really sure if he is or not in this story. <laughs> uh, Colton, have you ever seen either Terrifier movie? No, I didn't actually sit down and go watch them. I feel like you, you should watch them both. You should yeah. watch them both. I really don't, I want to go watch the second one just because Jericho's in it. It's like, yeah, I want to see my boy acting. Why not? What about that? That was perfect the way you said that. You're like, what about that sexy nurse? Chris Jericho. (laughs) Don't get your hopes up that he's going to have a major role. That's all I'll say. It's fair. (laughs) I mean, you could always recommend uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, What's the second one? I I still, still know what you, know what you did last summer. I always know what you did last summer. I have those three saved, actually. <sighs> and if you're disappointed with his appearance in uh, Terrifier 2, you can just you can always just break the walls down. Yeah, I will. But uh, it's about that about that time, you think? Yep. Yep. Uh, once again, for go, how's everybody's father's doing tonight? Everybody's father's still doing great. <laughs> How's everybody's father doing? Listen here, buddy. <laughs> oh no. Your dad's dead. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe you started running with that. Like, it I just... can't believe it either. But a giant dinosaur who does all of my dirty work, and your dad's dead. <laughs> Damn. He just, yeah, became the most despicable son of a bitch. It's honestly probably I mean, the most evil version of Christian ever. Right I mean, now. the man yeah. got his, got his <laughs> he's daughter taken the most... away from ringside because she wanted to hold the belt. <laughs> he's definitely being the most blatantly just dickheadish, like yeah. for sure, like on purpose. But he's just he's not uh, he's not pushing like off of it. He's just yeah. when he like hugged Ed or Adam Cope when he like gives him a big hug and he's like, "Fuck, Go fuck yourself." yourself. <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest fucking line ever. Well, well, Colton Cody, is there any final words you want to leave all the folks with this horror season or just life in general? Go watch spooky shit. <laughs> That's how it's... Go watch spooky shit. Go watch wrestling. Uh... That's basically the message they spread when they're on here, man. They <laughs> <laughs> talk about spooky shit and wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I got anything else. I don't either. Well, thank you boys very much for joining us again. Your fourth appearance equally on the cast at the same time. Doing another group session here. Yeah. We have how many before we take top spot? One more? Two more? Well, so far you're tied with Ethan and Kyle in four appearances. Alright, Ethan and Kyle, we're coming for the fucking titles. Yeah. <laughs> this tag team's gonna run the fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> We will be the face that ran this place. Whatever the fuck AJ Styles said that ran with it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you guys were... You guys were our second to last of the whole month. Of the whole spooky era. Oh, uh, one other thing. Go see Five Nights at Freddy's when it drops. Yeah. Yeah. I think Iron Long, the Mark Flood movie, is dropping next year? Is it next year? I think it's next year. Maybe end of this year. Uh, Go see it. It'll be really good. Yeah. Alright, well, ladies and gentlemen, all we got is we got the titty bar tyrant coming back next week. 
We get the strip club master. Oh, Come you, are you guys doing that one from the titty club? Shaking <laughs> <laughs> the VIP if we, if we do, I'll let you guys fucking show up and we'll just we'll just have Gene fucking set us up. You know, we'll just, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm not gonna say that. I even though I just did. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I just said. <laughs> We're gonna oh, cut the, that ten seconds. Out <laughs> Yeah, strip club Gene shall make his long-awaited return. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, hope everybody's enjoying their season, enjoying their movies. Make your lists. It's getting late in the game now, so hopefully you remember everything. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. Keep watching shit, though. Yeah, you definitely need to keep watching stuff. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one more podcast for this season of casting the spotlight. Stick with us for episode 107 when we close for season 2023. Thank you once more for Cactus Colton Jack, Cody Robbins, joining us tonight. It is time to call it a night. Take care of yourselves out there.